Pickaxe. Um, yeah, so thank you guys very much for coming on. Really appreciate it. So we're doing uh, not a Mod Appreciation Week this week, and so I was hoping to ask you guys some questions about, um, you know, what your communities are like. And uh, kind of thinking, I, I sent you all kind of a quick blurb, but um, why don't we just start off with introductions, and why don't you all tell us, I, I think... I don't. I don't think you guys need introduction, but you know, as I understand, sometimes people may not know who you are, which boggles my mind. But if you guys, so y'all are all streamers, so could you please just tell us a little bit about, um, you know, what you guys do and what kind of streams you run? You want to get started, Anita? Uh, I'm a twat. I'm 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 Sweetanita. I I am a variety streamer. I play all sorts of games. I have Tourette syndrome. You may have noticed by now. <laughs> Awesome. Destiny, you want to go next? Yeah, I'm Destiny. Um, I do video games and politics at this point. I'm not sure which one I'm known more for, but um, yeah. Lily? Uh, I'm Lily. I do games, art, music, whatever I feel like. Cool. And Devin, are you around? Uh, I'm having a sound problem, but it looks like it's fixed. So yes. You want to tell thanks us? Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, man. Thanks for coming. Can you tell Long us? Fuck off. Can you tell Sorry, us? Sorry. Uh, super, super uh, involved in this and thought a lot about it. So I'm really happy to be here. Also, it's just good to talk to you again. It's been a super long time. Yeah, man. Um, let me just find. Okay. Can I go to the bathroom for a sec? Sorry. Sure. So, um, while Lily's running to the bathroom, so we'll see if XQC is joining us or not. But um, so I just was hoping to hear from you guys because y'all have built, you know, various communities, generally speaking, good and wholesome communities. Um, I really appreciate participating in the communities that y'all have built. Uh, I think a lot of the, um, essentially a lot of people from our community have come from the communities that you guys have grown. Um, which in turn has been awesome because you guys have grown like pretty awesome communities. Um, and so I was just hoping to talk a little bit today about, uh, you know, what, how do you guys think a community evolves to be like a healthy community versus a toxic community? Um, and then I've kind of got a list of questions if things stall, but if any of y'all want to kind of kick things off. Um, that's a pretty open-ended question. Yeah. <laughs> With so um, I, I tend to start with those. Yeah, I noticed. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, if nobody else wants to take the lead, um, I, I guess like my my the general way that I view communities on Twitch is I feel like communities become kind of a reflection of the streamers themselves. Okay. Um, yeah, I think I would I'd start there. I don't know where to go from that. Yeah, I can kind of follow up with that or. Uh... Devin, you said you had a lot of thoughts, so I don't know if you want to. I do. In. I'm just still getting my notes together. I'm sorry. Okay, yeah. no problem. Like, so, I'm Destiny, like can I, then, <laughs> let me ask you a question. Uh, you say that communities take the lead from the streamers. So, what what do you think you model for your community? Um, is this a, a, a personal you, or is this like you as a streamer? No, or no. Like, like you're, are you asking me personally? Yeah. So, so like you're saying that basically mm -hmm. communities become. Uh, reflections of a particular streamer. So what do you see in your stream, uh, in your community that you like or don't like, or what do you think kind of comes from you? 
Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I have a personal set of values that I try to adhere to while I interact with other people, um, especially since I do political content. Um, these conversations can get incredibly dicey sometimes. Uh, so um, I'll be looking for like outlier behavior from what I see generally on Twitch. Um, some behaviors that my community exhibit that I'm really proud of is we try to stay away from the more common like low-volley things. So for instance, I'm very big on not making fun of how people look, uh, regardless of if they're short or, you know, people say they're ugly or whatever. Like I try to like pretty heavily moderate these types of comments away from people. Um, that, that would be like a positive thing about my community. Maybe one negative thing about my community is that I noticed they're incredibly hostile against people that aren't very well-spoken and very quick to put together like complicated ideas and like be a debate Lord. So if I'm having like a more casual conversation with somebody that's not super used to that, my community can be very quick to like judge and harp on them. Um, so that would be like a, a positive and a negative trait that my community exhibits that might come from me, I would say. Cool. Thanks for sharing that, man. Um, welcome Felix. Can you hear us? Hello. So yeah, can you hear me? Yeah. So Hello? we're we're talking today just okay. a little bit about. So right, this week is like Mod Appreciation Week for us at Healthy Gamer, and we were we've been thinking a lot about um, communities and like how we build them and and how to make them good. Thinking a little bit about toxicity within Twitch and communities and sort of how to deal with that too. So we're just I'm hoping to have kind of an open discussion about your experience as a streamer and how you interact with um, the community that you've built. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah, of course. Um, so sorry for being late, by the way. I, um, I I looked at you guys being late, and I, I booted up a game of uh, Omega Overwatch, and uh, I was late, so I'm sorry. No problem, man. I, I think it's, it's pretty <clears throat> chill. Um, yeah, anybody else want to kind of chime in about what they like about their community versus maybe something that they wish their community did a little differently? Um, I think I'm ready to go. Uh, Take it away, sorry, Kevin. It took, took me a couple of minutes to get everything going. So I, I, I think there's three elements that uh, I, I tried to sort of focus on for this discussion, right? I think there's personal, there's creator, and there's culture. So before, like, before I get into my own stuff, which I, I don't know how relevant it is because I'm not a full-time broadcaster, although I, I've worked really hard on creating community dealt with a lot of harassment, I, I think personal is like what you as an individual, what we as individuals view our community should be. Creator level is like, as streamers, what should we do? And like, how should we behave? And cultural is like Twitch as a whole, Reddit, Twitter. And so, so I think those three levels are kind of where we're going to be interacting today. Okay. Yeah. And I, I mean, I can go on any three. Sorry, Devin, can you give me those bullet points again? Yeah. Um, this is just my own idea, though, right? Like, I, 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 this is not official. He's trolling you. Fuck off. Yeah. No, no, Excuse no, no, me. No. This is a positive yeah. environment today, okay? No, no, no. Um, I was actually, I wasn't kidding. I'm yeah, like, I think um, he's serious here. Yeah. Um, the, yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll type it in Discord. Okay. Yeah. So it, it's personal, I, yeah. creator, and community, right? So yeah, personally. Or, 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 per, or I use the word cultural, I think, because I think that culture is a really big aspect of the, I don't want to say the problem, but the situation, right? And what is the situation? The, the, I have a... Yeah, go for it, Felix. Okay, Devin, I, I have something. What would you classify something like a crossover? What if you do something on like a personal level or whatever that gets put somewhere and some people come from there and they're a certain way or whatever. What would that be? 
everything gets influenced by everything else, right? So like if you, us personally are a part of Twitch, are a part of Reddit and, and these platforms. So at some point, like you, and a lot of times become kind of like part of the culture or help define it because you're, you're literally that significant of a broadcaster. Um, a lot of people on this call are. Like, like that doesn't apply as much to like myself, for example, but like you can actually make decisions that influence the culture itself, which is pretty cool. And, and oh. I think worth talking about. Yeah. What do you mean by that? Um, I mean that XQC is the number, depending on the day, uh, between number one and uh, top three broadcasters on the platform, right? So like if XQC does something that um I, so what, what what going off what destiny said i think like if uh, things become a reflection of the broadcaster if X, xqc as much as he gets memed on talks about a lot of serious stuff especially like at the end of his streams i, I watch he talks about a lot of important stuff um the way that he has those conversations he's literally talking to a stadium of people right there's anywhere between 20 to 30,000 people in there and all of those people have influence and go out and, and and so like depending on how he chooses to use that impact can be positive or negative for the entire culture of of Twitch because XQC accounts for like one or two percent of the live viewership audience of Twitch at any given time, which is one in a hundred people on the website. It's kind of insane to think about, but that's actually how big he is. And so, what would you guys say is the culture of Twitch? Another broad, open-ended question. Like, what are important features of it? Maybe is another way to put it. I think that's a really hard question to answer. I think it's important to understand that um, I think that the Twitch cultures are very heavily segmented. So for instance, there is a definite culture around uh, maybe you could draw like a broad box around like video game streams. There's like a different culture broadly around like just chatting streams. There's a different culture around different art streams and the asmr streams um, i feel like at this point as twitch has expanded into different content it's hard to point to like one unifying culture because um, it seems like there is um, i don't want to say disconnect because that sounds negative but there are like very different communities that inhabit twitch on, on a broad level i think cool um so i, I just want to get I, i'm kind of curious to get uh lily's thoughts and and sweet anita's thoughts so like can y'all tell us a little bit about um, you know, what you appreciate about the culture that your community has and maybe one thing that you wish was a little bit different. Yeah, sorry. Stephen, can you stop messaging me? Like, like, I'm not doing anything. I don't even know what she's talking about right now. I'm not doing anything. Stop blaming me. Stop blaming me. Stop blaming me. Why are you doing this right now? Can you please focus? Sorry. Um. Anyway, the culture of Twitch... Yeah, I mean, or or just your own community and what you appreciate about it, and um, my community. I've been streaming for a really long time, so I think like since the beginning, I've gotten a lot of bad comments. So I feel like now my mods are really jaded, and they are very strict. <laughs> so if there's anyone being rude or disrespectful, we try to like put an end to it ASAP because we're so used to it. <clears throat> In the end, it has made this very, like, I would say for the most part, I really like my community. They're very nice and welcoming. And yeah, I try to make that kind of community, I guess. And how do you do that? It's very uh, low tolerance. If anyone's being rude to my friends or me or just being disrespectful in general, it's just an auto ban. Okay. I'm very strict on that. Okay. 
Um, and then I have kind of a, a, is it okay if I ask like one or two other questions? Like these are, and oh. anyone can take these. But, so, so like, why do you think people are rude or disrespectful? Like, why do people show up in your chat and are like rude or disrespectful? Like, why does that happen? Just anonymous. Like, if people are anonymous on the internet, they can say whatever they want. And it's very easy to judge people. So, you know, for example, my voice, right? They hear my voice. Oh, her voice is fake. What an attention. It's so easy to like type that and not really suffer any repercussion. It doesn't really matter. So. Hmm. I have something to say about that. Yeah, go ahead. Fuck off. Um, there was, so I kind of feel like there, the, mm, mm, there's a lot of loneliness on Twitch. I always say like Twitch is kind of a symptom of loneliness because we are the kind of entertainment that chases away the silence in the room. We're company while you clean it or while you get on with work at home and things like that. And I kind of feel like trolling can be a symptom of loneliness too. So it's kind of compounded on platforms like these specifically because um, for some people, any kind of attention is attention. Um, when people are lonely and they desperately crave a reaction, they don't know how to get it in a positive way. Maybe they don't feel good enough. Maybe they don't feel smart enough. Maybe they don't feel funny enough. Maybe they have anxiety. Maybe they have loads of obstacles mentally that make it seem impossible to get a positive reaction, but they still crave a reaction. There's certain age demographics that are really common, age, gender, um, like economic status, all these sorts of things. There's a pattern where certain kinds of people dealing with certain kinds of things end up being abusive for company. And I think that that's going to be rife in, on a place like Twitch. And Twitch is probably one of the places where like measures in, in specific need to be slightly tighter just because it's just such a risk factor here. Hmm. Fascinating. Oh, Felix, I saw you yeah. nodding. Yeah, I nodded because I get that a lot. <laughs> I get that a lot. So, like I'll have like a, like a crazy even even off stream like a crazy series of DMs like big snows big snows big snows big snows ugly hair and then I'll be like dude shut up man and I'd be like oh my god guys I got to XC react and then and you know like that that pattern is so like reinforced they do it like uh, I don't know it, it's super common I'm it's kind of funny I was what, what? Yeah, yeah go ahead I was just confused what is I didn't even understand what XQC was saying. Oh okay. Um, basically, <laughs> that like, I, was that a sentence. Like, yeah, something like that. Um, so <laughs> no, no. I mean, like, I understood what your point was. Like, what do they DM you? I didn't understand what a bunch of insult, like a bunch of like pseudo insults or whatever. What or, does that like, even uh, mean? Did you say big, big nose? Yeah, big, big nose. Yeah. yeah, big nose. Is that nose? Like schnoz. Yeah, schnozer. Yeah, oh. <laughs> I was just like, I, I like, I, okay. Yeah, I was just confused. I was like, is that insult? <laughs> yeah, it's like, so they'll spend something like that. Okay. And uh doesn't matter how doesn't matter uh doesn't matter how I react. Like if I if I give it any sort of attention, like that that person sometimes will be like euphoric sometimes. And I, I, I think I see a problem in there, but yeah. So, so, Destiny Devin. Well yeah. Uh, Go ahead. Well, I was going to add on real quick just to what XQC and you guys are saying is that um, it's kind of sad and it's kind of funny that there's like a lot of analogs to like child rearing where sometimes you get a child that acts out and sometimes the reason why they do that is because they just want attention and depending on the type of attention you give them, even if it's negative, some children see it as positive and they'll continue to act out as long as you give them that type of attention they're craving. Sometimes you see like similar behavior in Twitch chatters. They'll even admit it sometimes too. Like, well, yeah, like the only time you pay attention to us is when we troll the fuck out of you and it's like, oh, okay, well, 
That's actually that last part though is actually so important. Um, yep. I feel like a huge part of the problem on Twitch is that a lot of broadcasters, especially prominent broadcasters, they will scroll through a hundred different messages that are like, you're such a positive broadcaster, you're freaking awesome. And because the brain is trained for that negativity, they will read that one negative comment and then they will call it out. And what does that train the chat to do? Oh, if we say that kind of stuff, we get that kind of we get that kind of reinforcement, right? And in the same way, one of the most effective ways that I have like personally cleaned up my community, and I'm really proud of it. I will look for a nice comment in chat and I will gift that person a sub. One sub, like I will gift that person a sub and say, Hey, that is a super awesome thing for you to say. I hope you come back. And that in that same way reinforces hmm. every single other person in the chat, like, okay, that's how I, I get attention. And then you know what I do? Sometimes I can't find one, you know what I do? I just make one up. Hey, hey, John. Oh, awesome. <laughs> John says, "Wow, this is such a, such a super good stream. I'm gonna donate 100 subs. Much love. Right, thanks, man. I appreciate that a lot." <laughs> That's actually amazing. That's funny. I I don't know if there's like a subtle problem there because he can't find a single good comment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, um, and any uh, any other thoughts? I know a lot of people were, wanted to kind of chime in. Okay. Who, who me? Oh. Who me? Oh, well, I was just going to say, Anita, if you want to tell us a little bit about like your experience uh, about what you like and maybe what you would want to change or don't appreciate about your community. Well, uh, I feel like a lot of people with um, neurological conditions and things take refuge in my community. So we're especially protective because uh, 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 people with Tourette's syndrome especially tend to come to my my community because everyone there knows what Tourette syndrome is so it means that a lot more people are going to be accepting of them in voice calls and play games with them and not judge them and believe them and you know it's very characteristic for people with Tourette syndrome to come under a lot of doubt and um, press x and and, for, and the thing with that is it means that we have a lot to handle because I stream with other people with Tourette's a lot I you know I hang out with people with Tourette's and um, so I, I kind of feel like a lot of pressure and responsibility to respond well to doubt because I kind of feel like when I have so many viewers that have it um, looking on, they're seeing those messages and kind of relating to that kind of feeling of persecution. This is how people think of me and all this sort of stuff. I want it out. I want it out of my chat. I want it out of my community immediately. And yeah, same thing as uh, Lily. We're, my mods are quite jaded at this point too, and you know, quite snappy with the with the no, not gonna, not even gonna tolerate it. Um, and yeah, it's a it's a shame because in the beginning we had a lot of people that are very toxic, and a lot of those people messaged me over the months saying, you know, what, I've kind of changed after watching this, and I've rethought through a lot of things, and I feel like now that we have to be more rigid to protect the community. I'm kind of sad that, you know, we can't really give people the space to grow anymore um, because, you know, if they're not to a certain level of development, they can't really be here. And so it's kind of like a double-edged sword. I love my community and I love that I'm a refuge, but it means that, you know, something that used to make a big difference and used to change a lot of people is kind of diminishing. Yeah, wow. I think, you know, the mods really sometimes feel to me like to be the unsung heroes of, of Twitch and our communities, because they do deal with a lot of the stuff on the front lines, or all of it. Um, I'm kind of curious, so you guys have both said that your mods have become jaded. How does a mod become jaded? What happens? 
Uh, Felix. Oh, okay. <laughs> he jumped first. Hit the buzzer. <laughs> I feel like sometimes somebody will act in a way and others will and it'll escalate to whatever. And and the pattern becomes so like uh, obvious that they can see the very root of it and the very way it begins and they're like, ah, I said this is going. Stop. Done. Done. Oh, this guy's saying this. We know what's next. Done. Kind of that type of thing. I, think. I see. But Lily can continue. Uh I think in the beginning, it's like, if you get a bad comment, okay, maybe they didn't mean it. Maybe, like, we can talk to them. You have that, I think, hope. But as time goes on and as years go on and you maybe get more viewers and it gets harder and harder. And I don't expect anyone to really give every single bad thing they see, like, a second chance. I don't have time for that. I don't have the effort for that. I don't have the emotional capacity for that anymore so i think as time goes on you want to just nip it in the bud and that's that's it yeah i think the problem is that like a lot of harassment and a lot of genuine just like questioning can start off with the same line of text and after you've dealt with like so much um people sometimes just immediately start banning because it's like i don't even want to go down that road um just i play league with lily so to use her as an example like there might be somebody that comes into chat and legitimately asks like what's up with her voice and you could respond and be like oh that's just how she sounds and like some of the times or, or i don't even know if it'd be most times they'd be like oh okay and that's it but then other times people use that as like a, oh well is she faking blah, blah blah and then it'll be like a whole fight and i think at some point it's like if somebody just comes in and asks an innocent question, like, okay, just you're banned. Fuck you. Because you just assume they're trolling. Um, and I think mods sometimes can go down that road where it's like, you don't want to have to test every single potentially stupid question to see if it's a genuine inquiry or if it's just somebody using it as like a platform to start basically trolling or saying dumb stuff in chat. Interesting. So I'm, mm -hmm. I'm almost hearing like a sense that mods get kind of worn down. Like they just don't have, like Lily said, you just don't have the emotional investment or time in your day to take like, something that could actually be like a genuine inquiry and just you don't have the time. So, some mm -hmm. people pay mods to, to avoid this, like people like Co-Carnage, or, or for example, like uh, that will we'll have an actual mod team that they, they pay on salary to do this. Uh, and, and that'll that, that'll somewhat circumvent that. To pay to do what? Um, a variety of things. So community organization, <laughs> managing Discord, um, managing chat on an active basis um setting the broadcaster reminders um handling giveaways correspondence between people that want to get unbanned things like that updating ban lists for certain games and certain events yep yep i'm sorry a ban ban list or uh basically uh, let's say let's say a new game comes out and it's a certain character or whatever they'll ban they'll like update ban lists on the fly like um george dies or like or like uh felix breaks his leg like you know the like update ban lists for certain games or events so that uh n nothing even gets there i see you know? okay yeah um have there been changes kind of related to that anyone else want to kind of add anything general stuff about mods becoming jaded or uh, yeah no not about that okay so let me ask you guys, so like a lot of times, you know, like Felix said, we'll kind of make some changes that may be specific to a particular event. Um, I know, especially recently, like there's been a lot of stuff around the Me Too movement and mental health uh, with a couple of prominent suicides amongst uh, or deaths amongst uh, popular streamers. Do you guys get the sense that there are like changes that are happen happening around these two things, like in your communities or in Twitch as a whole? Sorry, what what are these two events? So, like the Me Too movement, so a lot of people coming out uh, around um, 
like inappropriate sexual behavior within the gaming community. I know some communities have been hit harder by others. And then also I think mental health has been uh, more front and center with a couple of prominent deaths from creators. Um, as well as I, I, I just on our Friday stream, the CDC, which is the American Center for Disease Control, um, put out a pretty important bulletin on mental health where like serious suicidality is up by 11% during COVID. Um, and so do you guys get the sense that with some of the stuff that's been happening in our communities that there are changes to culture or not really? I seriously I feel like wish I could say that there is. I feel like nothing has changed. I feel like we had like two days of, oh yeah, we're going to, we're going to do it. And like a couple of threads on Reddit and then absolutely everything is the same. So I'll be a little bit more optimistic. I feel like what usually happens <laughs> sure. when things like this happen is you get like some inciting event. So either a prominent creator death or some, a me too thing. And what'll happen is, is we will rubber band really far out to where like everybody is on top of mental health. Everybody is saying like, okay, these kinds of sexually inappropriate comments are not okay. And then what happens is, is we eventually like after, you know, Devin said maybe a couple days of this, we kind of go back and we settle. But I feel like that new norm that we settle at is usually a little bit better than where we were before. Um, we're definitely not as attentive as, you know, maybe the day after or a couple days after a big event. But I do feel like we end up settling kind of like when a streamer gets a big brief like burst of popularity when they settle back in viewership they're not like at that high but they're a little bit higher than they were before and i hope that like that's where the communities end up like settling in i'm curious especially from lily and indeed i mean i think as female streamers their perspective could be different um i'd like to believe that yeah i was gonna say something similar to Devin where Oh, well, he gave it two days. I was going to say like a week or two weeks. Or... <laughs> what, if it has changed, I don't see like perception wise. Yeah. I think if it did change, it was very like subtle, very mm -hmm. small. But it's again, I feel so jaded. I don't know. I see like a lot of people shitting on my roommate, especially. And it's gotten worse over the time, which makes me feel very frustrated. Like, did we not learn anything? Are we actually making changes? Like, are we, you know, taking a step forward? I, I don't know. So I feel a little, um, I'm not as eloquent as the rest of you, sorry. I think you're really eloquent. I heard uh, awkward and no, okay. Uh, no, I mean, I, I think you use simple words, Lily, which I think makes for conveying things very well. Um, <laughs> So, but let me ask you what, like, so it seems like maybe communities have kind of fallen back into like bullying, defamation, toxicity, like how does, like, so what I just, so someone who's relatively new to Twitch, like, what do we, like, what's going on there? Like, how is it that everyone is so like compassionate for, let's say two days to one week and, you know, maybe the, the new norm is a little bit better, but like. Lily is saying that there's even more toxicity towards one of her roommates after this stuff. I I've got something to say about that. I kind of feel like uh uh, uh this is habitual. This isn't just some thing where people just aren't aware of the power of their words. It's um it's how people have existed long term and habits are hard to break. The way that you currently exist is a routine and the way you engage with streamers is a routine. The way you judge things, your view of the world, your view of women, your view of 
victims of sexual abuse, your view of people who are accused, you know, all of these things are almost like kind of borderline intrinsic, like they're very, very difficult to shift. And some event, no matter how big, isn't always an, like an instant fix or an instant cure. Um, it takes lots of incremental reminders and a slow and subtle shift. And that's a hard and exhausting battle, especially for the people who are being called liars and the kind of people who've gone through horrible things and are bullied for talking about it. And the people who don't have the perfect body or the the, the kind of idea that the ideal that, you know, Twitch chat demands and will punish you for not being. These standards don't disappear in an incident. They are worn away. And I, do, I would never expect anything that's transpired lately to suddenly transform every single person on Twitch. I think that it's a cultural shift that's needed. And it's even harder because it's a global shift because it's kind of like a worldwide thing. It's not yeah. just like all it's people not. in one country. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, that's a, I think that's a really good point. I don't think that anybody or any giant movement changes everything overnight. Um, it's always a very gradual process. Um, to, to go back a little bit, to bring up a political example, I remember that like New York City after 9-11 was a very different place than it was um, immediately, you know, prior to those attacks where everybody was being a lot nicer to each other. People were being like incredibly courteous in a very un-New York-like fashion. Um, but obviously, if you go there today, it's not the way that it was, you know, immediately following 9-11. I think it's pretty natural that a big event will shift people's ideas for a little bit. But to actually maintain that shift requires like a deliberate effort over time to get people to change their habits. Um, because like Anita said, like these things are set over years or, or decades or generations, depending on the behavior. You're not just going to have one big event that's going to change that overnight. It requires constant reminders. Also, I, yeah. Oh, sorry. No, no you go, man. Yeah, okay. okay. Um, Dr. K, I think a really good way that you would relate to this is um, Western versus Eastern medicine is the way that I look at this, right? Where Eastern medicine culturally tends to be more preventative. And in that sense, we need these sort of awareness measures, talking about this, doing panels like this. Whereas then you have like the Western medicine, which is like direct symptomatic surgery, right? You go in, you, you cut out the root of the problem. That's like the banning, the enforcement. And I think those are the two sides of it that are two sides of the coin that sort of define this this situation Devin, i just fell in love with you a little bit with that analogy <laughs> <laughs> i thought you'd love it and, yeah. and like it, it comes down the final issue is awareness right just like yeah it is in psychology yeah felix what did you want to say love it <laughs> um just what i noticed is that um it feels to me like sometimes like it doesn't matter um what what somebody does as long as something moves, like they get that like feedback feedback loop almost, right? And just like let's say, um, I don't know. This this will be a little bit more elaborate. Like a good example, like the other day we're playing a, a game online and we leaked the server, right? And I'm sure like everybody was like enjoying the content and having a good time, and somebody like kept like DDoSing the server or like crashing it, right? And even though that person might have been like enjoying the content or whatever, or like actually enjoyed these creators or like was was having fun, just the the impact, even negative or positive, doesn't matter. Just seeing like his his actions do something is like what they want or something, right? Does that make sense? Yeah. So what I'm hearing from you is that like there's some kind of reinforcement, even if the person likes this likes the content creator. Yeah. They'll DDoS. If they have an anyway. impact. Yeah, even if 
just having an impact is, is enough, whatever. So, so saying, so somebody saying like a really bad comment to like Lily, Lily's a, 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 um, roommate, uh, them reading it or them doing, doing something about it, even if they, even if not immediately on broadcast, like kind of makes them like fulfilled in, in some way. Yeah. So you mentioned, yeah, that- go ahead, to Destiny. I was going to add real quick, like, it's always frustrating because as a streamer, you think like, okay, like, is there something I can do to make it so this viewer won't do this? But literally any reaction, it, it will like sustain their thing. Like if they're DDoSing something, you're like, okay, well, you know what, guys, this is what you're going to do. I'm just going to stop streaming. Like they'll see that as a win. Or yeah. if you're like, okay, well, we're going to suffer through it and try to do it. They'll see that as a win. like, yeah, um, it's one of the big reasons why and every streamer here knows this. Um, if you get like swatted or DDoSed, like you can't mention it at all. You can never, ever, ever, ever talk about that or bring it up because as soon as you give any type of like air to it or voice to it, they're getting like that attention that they so desperately need, right? So you have to make up an excuse like I've got to go, I got an emergency call or whatever. Because as soon as people hear something, they're like, oh yeah, like that's me, I got it. Like oh god, that reinforcement is so um, addictive to the person that's like engaging in that behavior. I think. Yeah, and I think that's like a, an extremely rapid slippery slope. Once that starts happening. If you don't take the measures uh, that are required to like contain whatever, it goes downhill like super fast, right? So if somebody gets a hold of like, oh wait, wait, that's actually actual phone number. Oh, bunch of phone calls, bunch of pizzas, bunch of packages, like like it, you know? Wow. So uh, Felix, earlier you mentioned um, people almost feel euphoric when they're like big schnoz, big schnoz, and then you like respond to them. So like, you know, it's interesting because you use the word euphoria. You guys are talking about like reinforcement and acting out and like drawing parallels to like neglected children. Um, And, and, you know, as as funny as we are, I mean, I'm I'm genuinely like kind of curious about this group of, of people on Twitch and within our community and like, what's up with them? Like, I don't know who they are. I don't know what motivates them. Like from the outside looking in, you guys have noticed, first of all, that like, you know, the behavior is very easy to reinforce, right? And then unless you, like Lily said, like nip it in the bud, like they're going to keep doing it. There's like, we're hearing slippery slope. You can't reinforce anything. You can't react. You just have to ignore it completely. And and so I sort of get that from like a behavioral reinforcement standpoint. But like, what do you think is going on in our community where like this kind of stuff is happening? Like, Why? Like, why does someone feel euphoric from getting Felix to react to something? I, I think this doesn't answer the question, but just to just to frame it a little bit, we, we have to keep in mind that this is a very, very small percentage of the community, right? Mm-hmm. So it, 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 so um, the, the vocal minority thing is, like, really important here because it's not only a small percentage of Twitch chatters. It's actually also most people don't chat on Twitch, right? Most people just lurk. They just kind of chill out watching on their screen. Like Anita said, um, that you know we're we're kind of like companions for household cleaning or whatever. <laughs> you know, yeah. gaming or whatever. Um, it's important to put that in that frame because I I think we can address the problem easier if we're dealing if we know what we're dealing with a very small percentage of people. Great point. In terms of like why it's addictive, um, I mean, like these are just like really well-known marketing things, right? Um, when you engage with a streamer, any type of personal feedback makes you feel good. We all rely on this for donations, for instance, right? Um, when you get a donation, people like to see their message on stream. You know, they have the spotlight. They've got the attention of the streamer for just a small period of time. Uh, people that engage in, uh, even if it's harassing behavior, like that same type of attention, whether it's positive or negative. Any attention is attention. Interesting. 
And and so like if we kind of think about Devin's point of this is ultimately a small group of people, I think it kind of makes me think that like maybe it's also it's happening right now where we're ten or my mind tends to focus on those people. And instead, mm-hmm. like maybe what we should be talking about is like the vast silent majority, right? So Which is po- why I, I suggested yeah. encouraging positivity. Yeah. So I'll, can I give a corollary example here real sure. quick? So League of Legends recently had an enormous problem with, well, this is not recent, <laughs> has had an ongoing problem with toxicity. But um, pretty recently, um, one of the prominent broadcasters, Voiboy, came out with like a really popular video on Twitter talking about how essentially every single game at high elo is just like inting people running into towers and dying and, uh, <laughs> and just over and over again, right? And it's just this like insurmountable problem. And I, I, was, I was talking about this... Um, and coming from League of Legends, like trying to think about how you address this. And the thing is, because you're dealing with such, at that point in Challenger, you're dealing with maybe 600 to 1,000 players, um, like between Challenger and Master Elo, you could actually target and force that uh, culturally. And it, it, like, so the way I would translate it is like Riot Games actually comes in and observes those games. Because those are the games that the streamers are actually broadcasting, which means that if Riot shows a public display on that level, they're not going to tolerate that kind of toxicity and they have that kind of attention. That culturally filters out into other games, into like the lesser ELO games. In the same way, we can do that preventatively, right, um, via large broadcasts if we demonstrate across most large broadcasters that this is not an okay behavior. The problem is we don't have that kind of cohesion because uh, it's not a single company and Twitch doesn't care to enforce it. Right. I feel like there are a couple of things that Riot could do as well. Like I know barring from Dota, like why is there no low priority queue? Like if you've been reported so many times, you should get dumped into a low priority queue where you're not allowed to queue with people that have like high honor or something. They implemented the mm-hmm. honor system too, which goes in line with that reinforcing positive behavior. But like, I don't know if, I have no idea how the honor system works. I don't know. <laughs> because any of the players will be in there. <laughs> yeah, good. Throw them in there. That's fine. <laughs> Make it longer queues or something like, geez. So like, so this is the the weird thing. So Felix, did you want to say something else? I, I saw you kind of, I wasn't sure if you were waving at someone or wanted to- Oh try. no, I usually do that for raise my hand. Yeah, okay. Raise my hand to talk. Yeah, yeah. Um, I found out to be very healthy in discussions to raise my hand. I know people that sometimes don't like it. I, I think it's good. Do you think it's good? Is it a good psychological yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah, go, go, go. And just, just tell me. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Um, um, yeah, I, I want to chime in. I feel like, um, like cheaters people who cheat in games and sometimes i would get um i would get target sniped by one guy and he'd throw on purpose like over and over and and like day and day out and i it was blowing my mind that nobody was working at at, at blizzard at, sitting at a desk who wouldn't just like ban him or like punish him like even live or in in a, in a certain time frame which would be like yo guys look look your actions just had an impact. Like your your actions got you punished or something. And it shows everybody like a very like a strong feeling. Like to see it directly live that their that their behavior is being punished. But it never happens. And I always wondered why, why, why it's not happening. And also, mm-hmm. what I also don't like is toxicity is a thing in uh, in competitive games. And I'll get, I said this a million times. Uh, toxicity is not okay. And, and 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 being mauled and being negative towards people but in competitive games it will happen right and i think there's evil in in some players where they know that some people are on edge or are about to get mad or about to explode 
and they're going to fish it out of them with passive aggressive behavior. And I think that's absolutely unacceptable. And that should also be punished, but nothing is done against it either. So I, I, I don't even know. As somebody that has, I mean, a, a few of us here, or maybe you and me, for like competitive gaming or ladders or whatever, I like this might be an unpopular take or maybe too edgy of a take. I don't mind toxicity in games. If people want to be like really brutal, there's like a mute function for that. What I hate is when my own goddamn teammates are toxic. Yeah. Like, like if the enemy team wants to flame the fuck out of the other enemy team, well, that's fine, dude. Say whatever crazy, hateful stuff. Okay, whatever. I'll mute you. But dude, when your own teammates are griefing you, it is literal hell. You are trapped. <laughs> With like people, it's like you're in a bucket of crabs. Yeah, and they're like pulling you down. Like, I'm yeah, gonna right. like, you're, oh my God, that's the dude, worst feeling dude. in the world. And you're already having a bad game, right? And mm-hmm. and you and you're still trying to, you know, I care, dude. And you do a gank, and, and then your team says, "Nice gank, Leeson." And you're like, "Dude, really, man?" And then you're about to you're about to blow up, and it's like, "Nice flash, bro." Yeah. And it's like, "Holy shit!" Now I'm about like, to lose my mind, dude. Are there real life examples? Like, do people that play basketball do they just like throw it like out of bounds over and over again? Or like, do people play football? Just, like, like I, does anybody troll in real life like this? I feel like it's only online where people just like troll the fuck out of their own teammates. It's like, dude, are you serious right now? God, that irritates the fuck out of me. Ugh. Yeah. So you know, it's interesting. I, I uh, a very good friend of mine was like one of the first streamers on the internet. Like, he started streaming like I think maybe late '90s or early 2000s. And um, this was before Twitch or even Justin TV. Um, mm-hmm. And what, the interesting thing is I asked him, like, you know, why'd you quit? Because he started, like, 20 years ago. And he said, like, the toxicity got to him. He used to have, like, 300 viewers and was one of the top streamers. And, like, the toxicity got to him. And then what he it was interesting. I was talking to him years and years ago. And he said, like, you know, the cool thing about playing it in arcade is that if you were an asshole, like, no one would play with you. Like, he used to play competitive fighting games. But, like, you play competitive fighting games like Street Fighter 2, like, at an arcade. And if you're a mm-hmm. dick, like no one's going to play with you. And so it's interesting because I think anonymity is like a big piece, right? There's no, or it's not necessarily even anonymity. It's like reinforcement or lack of reinforcement. There's no, like, there's no consequence for people like trolling you or flaming you. Just if I can share my own perspective. So I, I don't think that this problem is quite as un- insurmountable as everyone else does. And that's probably because I'm more naive. Um, but when I play Dota, so I think behavior score that Destiny mentioned is like pretty interesting. So my behavior score is close to perfect and it's not hard to get close to perfect behavior score. But the games that I'm in, like people are like genuinely nice. It's like you kind of get to play with people that, you know, if they're having a bad game, they'll be encouraging. The other crazy thing is that if you keep your cool in those situations, it's been my experience that you can turn things around. Yes. Okay. True. Oh my god! Right, especially like if you're yeah, if you're playing league, anything below like fucking challenger, like people in diamond four games will give up. Like it'll be like four to two, and they'll be like game is over. And it's like, are you serious yeah. right now? You, you get invaded, blitz pulls, gets a kill. Like, are you serious? What do you think this is? L- what is wrong with you? Yeah, something <laughs> that is, and also to to what you said about behavior, it is okay. I'm sorry, I really hate League. It is more common in League <laughs> to feel like shit, okay? After, like, winning a game, I think, than it is to feel good even. Because there are, like, so many people that just make the experience so horrible that you will have games where even if you win the game, it feels just, like, horrible that you've got this guy on your team that was either trying to throw or just, like, a massive piece of shit and trolling the whole time. And it's like, oh, my God. And you just want to add him, you just want to add him, and, then, and, and he has you back, and he said a bunch of dog shit, and you remove him. That's what I do. I think that there's a good point in this that's like, okay, like, sure, we can, like, become a saint and, like, Mother Teresa and, and I, like, like bless you, child. It's okay. 
we can we can win is it our obligation to do this every single time like and as broadcasters right um do we like reform every single person that we come across and like expend this enormous amount of positive energy because it really does take a lot out of you i've i i did that for years where i was trying to reform people in league of legends games believe me that is a that is a exhausting task and in the same way it is i've met some of these broadcasters on the website where they'll have a troll come into chat and this will just be a dude with just like a really bad opinion. Maybe he's racist or something like that and they'll engage with them. And maybe through the process of like 30 to 40 trans transactions, which keep in mind is at the cost of everyone else on the show, right? They will transform this person. And, 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 and um, Dr. K, when, when we talk, you were like, I want all the trolls, right? I'm going to transform every troll, right? But you're doing that at the behest of the rest of your audience, number one. And number two, it's like that expenditure of emotional energy on that one person is a very common thing in psychology because we're one-to-one -one sitting on a couch with somebody talking. But I wonder if it doesn't have, if there isn't some other tool or some other kind of application or thinking process we need to use at such a scale. Yeah, but I think Lily what, wanted to what, say something about getting... Uh, pissed off at people in league games. I, I anyway, maybe not. I, I thought um, at one point you and Destiny spoke at the same time about, um, you know, people trolling and oh, when your own team trolls you. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, I hate it when my own team trolls me in league too. Just wanted to. Do you guys feel like you get trolled harder by your own team or by the opposite team? It sucks more when it comes to your own team. That's the problem, because they're supposed to be trying to win with you. Like, if I could have five people on the enemy team doing personal insults about me and my son all day, that's whatever. But if I get one dude on my team that's just trying to throw the hook, it's like, we're supposed to be on the same team, dude. What the fuck is wrong with you? That, I it bothers me so much more. Ugh. I think it's the feeling that they have. It's this small, it's this small time window where they feel, like, weak, and they're like, uh, I will lose this game, but I can win this argument. Or, <laughs> does that make sense? Yeah, it's brilliant, man. Um, like, like I'm dead and I'm frustrated and I, I clearly didn't win that battle and I'm probably not going to win the game, but that, that, that jungle jarring is playing like shit. Ooh, dude, I'm going to get him and that's my victory. And I, I think that's, that's not a victory at all, but, um, but I still do it. But, um, the other thing I was going to say, what were you saying a second ago? And I was going to chime in. I was talking about how um, yeah, 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 yeah. We, we can so, address people individually, but at a scale. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So have you ever thought about this? I mean, of course you have, but what you're saying about uh, the one-to-one -one conversation, have you ever thought that people that are negative or, or spread um, trash will be like, hey, man, if I continue doing this and I act like this, maybe I'll be on the show as well. And I'll be, I'll be sitting in that, in that guy's couch or whatever, and I'll be able to talk to him. Sure. And I think, it, Lily, you wanted to say something else? Oh, man, I keep forgetting. <laughs> okay, so... Um, can I, can I, I say some stuff? Yeah, of course. Uh, anyway. Lily, have, you, have you remembered, Lily? <laughs> no, I'll try to remember after you. Sorry, go. Okay. Um, I kind of have a different kind of angle on all this because uh, this is a, a kind of thing that my Tourette's comes into as well because um, I play Overwatch and I... I feel a lot of like stereotype threat anyway when I play because um, I kind of feel like I'm a representative for all women. Like when I don't do well and 
a lot of the time, like I drink while I play games or like I'll have a really bad day where I have ticks and it will just throw off my aim. And I'm like, I'm just going to play socially because this is just not going to happen. Um, and I still have fun. But then there's always someone going, this is why women shouldn't play computer games and all this sort of stuff. And I feel like I'm letting women down. And like, if I don't get good at this or find a way to rein it in and do well, then I'm I'm contributing to the problem. You know, I'm contributing to that barrier that stops like my friends that are female wanting to get into these games because they hop in and no one cooperates with them. They hop in and people hear a woman do a call out instead of like helping out or doing, you know, responding normally. They focus on the fact that she has, you know, different, you know, genitalia. And then that becomes the centralized aspect of like your team is just like, constantly making you feel othered and it's really annoying and if you try to speak about it then people use that against you too um it's an awkward conversation to have on twitch and it's really frustrating um and even sometimes it's subtle like anyone else does a call out everyone listens if you do a call out nobody listens or people undermine you constantly and one time you think it's just that dick but then every time and you start to think it's because you're different and you can't point it out because people spam specific emotes that are designed to shame you for ever speaking up about anything that might be related to your sex and the problem is that means that like 50% of the awesome gamers that could have become pros that could have done really well don't get invested in a game because it's just not the same to play it like if nobody cooperates with you it's harder to train if nobody cooperates with you it's hard to make a team it's harder to take it seriously and it's less fun and all of that stuff just piles up to mean that there are less girls in games there are less female pros and it is harder to break into or at least it feels that way and all of that level of toxicity is kind of like a level of bullying and a level of shaming and annoyance that is just so hard to even bring up let alone challenge and i just have no clue what to do about it uh, uh, a lot of my oh no no oh, you talk you talk first i was way behind a lot of my friends who are girls go through this problem where they feel if they're not good enough or something they know that people are gonna say oh because you're a girl gamer it's because you got boosted it's because you got carried a lot of them have mentioned frustrations with that so I noticed that some of my friends make specific accounts just to solo queue, just so they can prove themselves. And I think that's kind of a shame because like, you shouldn't, I feel like, be shamed for wanting to do it with your friend or whatever. But they have this like extra urge to prove themselves. And yeah, that's... And it's super funny because like 95% of chat will be worse than that player anyway. Like I think <laughs> Pokemon and Hafu, I think Pokemon did, I know Hafu did, made solo queue accounts to get to Diamond 1 in League. And people will still roast the fuck out of him for it. It's like, dude, you're silver four. What do you? Why are you even talking? Like, yeah. well, they, silver? Then most of the time is iron. <laughs> they see the accounts, and then it's obviously silicone. But they're like, oh, you just used this champion to climb. That doesn't count. Like, they'll try. They'll find. Yeah, they'll invalidate, invalidate you no matter what. No matter yeah. what. And I'm like, okay, what's the point? Yeah. Oh yeah. Even for Hafu for um, World of Warcraft, I've heard people say like she played like. Um, I don't remember the classes or whatever. Like, oh, some class that was OP at the time, so it doesn't count or whatever anyway. And it's like, oh, well, why weren't you playing it at the time? Was I mean, you were like pro in that class? Like, oh, God. Yeah. yeah so I feel someone when people say, uh, oh, dude, Winston name, Winston brain. And it's like, mm -hmm. hey, man, when you, when you, when you <laughs> log in, you play or watch it, you can lock in Winston. When you play it, you're silver. When I play it, I'm top 100. I, I don't know what you're on about, dude. Yeah. Uh, and, um, yeah, so, um, God, how do you guys deal with hate? That comes from your community. Ban them. Yeah, they get the big ban. And if they're so, a sub, it feels even better. Ban them hard. Yeah. 
I, th okay, I think I, I, I have a good point. I have a good point. I think I think it's your responsibility if you want to, that responsibility to 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 target and try to understand is this a meme? Is it is this, is this a meme? Is this a joke? Is this banter or is this toxic and is is this going in a negative way that I that will lead to further problems, right? And once again like weed out people that are being vicious and the people that are trying to have fun or they're trying to like poke fun with good intentions, I think you can have like a good medium and you can like uh, progress further into like moderation and, and bantering with your own community. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. How, can I ask a question? Like how do you guys measure between, um, uh, uh, between criticism, genuine criticism that should be taken on board and abuse because like i worry that if i shut down everyone who has an angry voice or you know wants me to do better that not all of them are wrong and that once people become narcissistic i i i'm personally afraid of becoming narcissistic because of twitch because there's so much positive reinforcement there's so many people willing to pat you, pat you on the back regardless of how you behave there's a group of people that will relate to you and congratulate that behavior and so it's an easy place to end up in an echo chamber if you just ban anyone who disagrees with you so i fear being too ban heavy because I want other people with other perspectives around me and I want people that expect better of me and will say things you know speak up if you know I'm out of line because I'm still growing as a human I don't do things perfectly and I kind of I welcome the uh, uh the prompting to do better and I fear that it's hard to do that and balance like that thin line between like now this is bullshit and this is bullying and, and this is something I should take on board I think because we're exposed to thousands of people, right? And because there's such a thin line, I feel like for me personally, over time, that's why I've become very just ban ready because a lot of people will say critic, well, they'll say it's criticism, but then they'll say my voice is cancer and then I'll ban them and they'll tell me I can't take criticism. Like, I, the more you get things like that, the more, I guess, again, go back to the jaded part where. If I expend that emotional energy to try to reason with every single one of these, and I used to do that a lot more, I get so worn out and so tired of it that I do understand the concern of it being an echo chamber, but at the same time, I don't want to be subjected to all those comments, like constantly and expend that effort. So and something that I... It's tiring okay. for me. I think that as long as you're worried about uh, about that, you won't awareness is really important so it's like like if it's like okay narcissists don't know that they're narcissists <laughs> right so, so if you're if you're saying constantly okay well i need to be open to criticism right that 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 can't be a gateway to um enable an enormous amount of hate in your life and and another thing that i wanted to point out is i i think that there's this is something i've thought so much about man like about a year ago when i started going serious on the platform again after i came back in I was so stressed out from hateful comments. And um, I would ask what, what I did was I realized eventually that there's a lot of personal responsibility on me as a creator for the type of content I consume. I learned this because when I was running an esports team, a lot of my players, the first thing they would do after a match is they would go on Reddit, our League of Legends, and they would go see what people were saying about their match. And if they threw the game or they had a bad game or whatever, there would be hundreds and hundreds of negative comments about how they played. And this would be a discernible decrease in their 
practice for days later. They would feel terrible. A lot of times we'd have to have sessions and talk with them. And, and so what we did was we started to try to change the behaviors of actually consuming that content. And I, I can say like really confidently at this point, um, I've been able to reduce a lot of that opening that gateway to that hate. I've been able to reduce that pretty much just to Twitch chat. And even that is minimal because of the positive reinforcement I mentioned before. I don't read Reddit. I don't read Twitter at all. I don't read any kind of Instagram comments or anything. I, I actually just, I, I, this behavior is actually possible to learn. And it's an enormous increase to your mental health if you don't do these things. It sounds really difficult, but you can do it. And I think there's some personal responsibility by us as creators to, to, to do it. Something that, um, so there's like two parts to this. One thing that I do with um, certain types of comments in chat, if it seems trolly, is I, I am very aggressive when it comes to banning people, but I'm also very aggressive when it comes to unbanning people. If people are typing like really dumb shit in chat, I will ban you very quickly for it. And I'm well known in my community for that. But if you're somebody that like genuinely wants to make an effort to contribute positively, it's really easy to get a hold of me to get unbanned. Like if you, basically the way that I view it is like, if you're going to go through the effort of emailing, emailing me and saying like, hey, like, sorry, I made this comment. Can you unban me? Like, I'll probably unban you. Like, it's fine. Now, if I recognize you, I mean, you do this like two or three or four times, obviously you're going to stay banned. But I think that like, just like you weed out like a lot of trash immediately if you just ban people. Because sometimes, and everybody in here knows it, depending on what you're doing, sometimes there are people that just come into chat because they want to make a shit comment. And that's the only reason they're there. And it's very easy to just like ban these people and never have to deal with them again. They're not going to email you. They're not going to ask for it. They're literally just there to start shit. Um, when it comes to like, how do you figure out how to deal with criticism? Uh, obviously, so because I do political stuff, um, it's something that I think about a lot because I don't want to get stuck in like an echo chamber or not be evolving my political ideas or whatnot. Um, I, I feel like when people are giving you criticism, one thing that you can look at is like the tone of the criticism. And that can be like a pretty big indicator as to the motivation of the person giving you the criticism. You know, if somebody sends me an email and they're like, hey, you know, that take that you had about X political issue, like, I really think you're missing this or that or blah, blah, blah. Um, like, this is like criticism that's good. Like, you can take it, you can kind of digest it, you can see if there's anything legitimate there. If you've got people that are spamming you, like, dude, you're so fucking stupid. Like, how dumb you were to think, blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, well, this isn't legitimate criticism. I'm not being narcissistic by just banning a person for saying this because it's not like he's giving me real feedback. He's just somebody that's shitting on me. Um, and then, and then a final thing this is really hard to do, and I would probably recommend it against it. I actually, I would agree with Devin that in general, it's bad to do this. But if you can handle reading comments made about you on like Twitter, Reddit, YouTube comments, 4chan, um, I find that if you see the same type of insult popping up over and over and over and over again, as horrible as it is, there might be like some nugget of truth there. If some perception exists about you, that's good to like dig into like, well, everybody makes the same type of comment about how I'm a bully or I'm a jerk or whatever. Um, maybe it's like good to take an, a minute to try to understand why that perception exists. It might be because there are other creators that are uh, maligning you or being mean towards you. It might be, you know, total bullshit or whatever, but it's, I think it's good to be aware of the perceptions of you out there just so that you know that people think a certain thing about you and then understand why they do. But what if it, the comment is something that's not true? For example, I constantly get called fake, fake Tourette's, fake Tourette's constantly. And uh, uh, it's not some, it's something that is changing, especially on Reddit, because I've been here for so long and I've had to explain so much about Tourette's that a lot of people are a lot more aware of how it works now and that you can't really stereotype it anymore. But at the same time, you know, 
you can't reach everyone in the world and constantly, constantly I'm getting hate and aggro and constantly called fake. And what it cornered me into doing for like the first half of like my time on YouTube, especially was just spend loads of time making videos, explaining myself instead of making content that I genuinely enjoyed. But I still find it really important to read and understand because it made me aware that people need to understand this a little bit better. And I kind of forced myself to look at all this stuff because um, sometimes it inspires me to actually talk in a way that might people might find relatable or to hone in on stuff that people don't have the answers to. So I do. I, I look at how people are receiving my content and I look for stuff, little nudges and um, to do better or to indulge people's curiosity. But it's wearing like it's really, really wearing. And it's something that I've had my whole life. So I'm, I, I kind of thought eh, I'm used to it. I can I can, I'm fine, but like every now and again, I kind of feel like it's, it's not a battle won, it's a battle for every day and I don't always win. And you can't always escape it either because um, people will spam every means of communication with threads about you and, you know, stuff like that. I mean, loads of people apologize to me for the way that they spoke about me somewhere I didn't even know existed and stuff. And so I kind of feel like I'm constantly having my attention slapped back towards it even when I decide I need to pull away for a while. It's just really difficult. I, I, I think th there's... I think I'm Felix sorry. has had his hand up for, like, yeah. oh. the last five minutes. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I just want to lose track of my, of my, uh, my, uh, my whole thing. There's, a lot, there, there's been a lot of good points, and I want to chime in on almost all of them. Like, um, the, one, the one from Lily, it, uh, see some of these comments that she was talking about, like people saying, oh, her voice is cancer or something. Um... This is something that, that she can't change, that she can't do whatever about, right? So, so, so some of these comments uh, can, can be classified uh, with like um, validity. Like, is this because can this comment help? Can this comment do something? No. Okay, done. Um, also, I, in my chat, I have a, a, a lot of people when I do something bad, they'll say so bad, lol, trash, lol. <laughs> okay, that that's fine. Um, and also, Forsen has this a lot too, and. Over time, over the years, I, I recognize in chat that most people that say that will also say, wow, insane move, Pog, whenever I do something good, right? And they just manifest, they're like, eh, like bantery, like disappointment when I do, when I do poorly. Like, I, 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 I'm, I'm, he's in German now, his name is Elite Beast. That's one of the, my big, like, um, uh, two-faced coin person where he's like very Pog when it's something good and very so bad lol when it's something bad, hmm. right? So it's that. just super black and white. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that, doesn't mean that when it's something so bad, lol, it's bad. But it, saying so bad, lol, can can be bad if somebody literally only says that all the time, only only partakes in negative instances. That person, I think, has no value in the community because if he only engages in, even if it's like a one, not even one positive instance out of a hundred, then then there's no there's no value there, right? Because it's not even polarizing. It's not even there's not there's no variety. It's they're just only negative. Then why even bother having them, right? I always say it's like one out of a hundred. Can you type one positive thing out of a hundred in your day? Are you even allowed to do that? And if you can do that, I don't have that much of a problem uh, having you around, right? If you say pog one time out of a hundred, uh, we're good. And also, um, what what she said. That's um, Anita. I can't point properly. Um, she said another thing about uh, her Tourette's. I actually can relate this. Like, there, there came a point where, like, people were like, oh, dude, is this fake accent? Oh, 
he said that wrong poorly. Uh, he said that word poorly. Um, approved to prove to me that uh, they, that you don't know that word. And if you spend your, your entire day saying, "Look, look, look, look," uh, because of this document, look, it's, it says that I come from here and I speak this language, order, and now the content sucks because I spend my time like explaining something that it's, it's just bringing the fourth wall for no reason, right? It, it's like a, like a waste of energy. It's like not now it just kind of sucks. So, um, there's yeah, go ahead. Go for it, Lily. Oh, I feel like it's tiring to try to constantly defend yourself, constantly trying to justify yourself against these comments that will essentially never stop. So after a yes. certain point, yeah. That's so that's why I. Yeah, I, I was just gonna say I, I was kind of curious because like some people have now mentioned like a couple of the kind of criticism or hate that they face. I was curious like for, you know, let's say like Destiny and Devin. What kind of hate have you guys faced from your community? I mean, um, I mean, I've had people say I have a secret daughter. I've had people say that I'm a pedophile. I've had people say like that I left my kid to go <laughs> fuck women on the West Coast. I've had people say that I, yeah, yeah, I've everything. But that's like the nature of like political content. Um, I find that when when you, what? or sorry, God, what? How does? What is the nature of political content with crazy people? How does that relate yeah, yeah. to like any of the, the most mentally deranged people on the some internet? Of the most intense, I had the FBI yeah. visit me three times over different Holy random shit. like fake tips. I, I, had, I like, put Destiny in like the top one yeah. percent of people that have been harassed on Twitch. Like he's it's nuts. Yeah, yeah. this is true. And that's and, because and, you do political commentary. Yeah, the it's nature a, of the kind of thing he covers. Yeah. Yeah. Very controversial. Yeah, and so I, when I, I think. That Sorry, just blows my mind. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that, or it's Devin kept trying to talk. Sorry, go yeah. ahead. Dr. K was rudely cutting him off over and over again. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, this is a, it's fine. I talk too much anyway. I just, I, I, I just, um, I don't want to like specify that it's actually part of my discipline that I don't want to specify the things sure. that people say, because I actually think it advocates it. Like I, I, I'm in a really draconian point in my life where I, I truly believe there is little to no benefit to consuming content made about you, to reading Reddit, to reading, to, I, I've shut down my Twitter DMs, shut down Discord. Like Anita says, like, uh, you find another method of communication that people are trying to get to you, shut it down, right? Like, I just, I just, I, I'm very draconian about the kind of things that I allow into my mind because I know that once that negativity is there, it lives there and I have to process it. So to the extent that I can actually eliminate that as a content creator and as a person, I can focus on the things that are more valuable to me. And I, I, I like, I, I think, okay, I can read a Reddit thread and maybe I read 500 comments about some, something that has absolutely no, nothing that could improve me. Or I can spend that same time like going through my VOD and figuring out what points that I thought that I could improve on and what, and improving the kind of content that I want to create. Like there's always a better use of time than consuming content made about you as a creator. Hmm. Does everyone here do that? Uh, does everyone else ignore, completely ignore all commentary? On I don't know a single other broadcaster that does this besides me. I can't ignore. I, I yeah. just like, I read everything just because it's my personality. I like knowing, even if it hurts, I like knowing and like what I can do about it. That's probably healthier Devin's way, maybe. Wait, you don't read, you don't read, you don't read into what? Do you read? Do you read any? Do you watch or read any content of yours? Oh, I watch my own vods, yeah. But no, do you watch what other that. people make of you? 
like do you do you watch anything like w when people make reports about your content oh, or is, like threads about you or like things on live stream fails or like news oh, reports anything like that when it, when, it, when it comes down to um uh other creators this will be a hot take i feel like most most of the times the people engage with me in a negative way or other creators that like do criticism this guys then you know uh, uh they do like trash this guys in criticism whatever a lot of times they're dealing with their own insecurities and and their own lack of lack of success and uh, their own like uh, disappointing failures in in ways that are like oh this guy sucks or whatever. When when you're rolling when you're like popping off, you don't have time to even think. You don't have brain space to think about um, saying some stupid trash about somebody else. You, you just don't have to. You, you know, it, um, like I feel like when you're when you're. Did you know you're more likely to stick to a fitness routine if you enjoy it? That's why Peloton classes are designed to be fun. From cycling to yoga to running to strength training. Whatever your fitness level, Peloton instructors don't just teach, they motivate. No wonder our research in March 2022 found that 70% of Peloton members work out more than they did before joining. Try the Peloton bike or tread risk-free for 30 days. Learn more at OnePeloton.com. Peloton. Motivation that moves you. New members only. Terms apply fulfilled when you're doing great things you have no space to to start shitting on other people or like criticizing 100%. them or something right so yeah. i understand that um the criticism that that others will have it it can't impact me because it, it doesn't come from a place of reason something that um when it comes to looking at people that make uh, specific content about you that is full of lies um this is something that i've got a lot of firsthand experience with something that i noticed because i read a lot of content about me. So I'll read like 4chan threads or LSF threads or YouTube comment sections of other people that make videos about me. One thing I notice is that if there's a common attack against you that's false, if you take the time, sometimes I don't always advocate this, but if you take the time to respond in like an organized manner against it, um, even though not everybody that, you know, attacks you will see your response. Oftentimes your fans will carry that response into other comment sections. I noticed that. But sometimes if yes. somebody makes like a, a video about me that has like a whole bunch of like crazy, like false claims, um, if I make like a response video and I go like, hey, this was said about me. This isn't true. This isn't true. This isn't true. Um, even though a lot of people won't watch it, if I look at other people making similar attacks against me in the future, I will see that my fans will be fighting in that comment section, linking back to my video or referencing it, which is like a way that you can kind of carry forward, you know, uh, some things to, if something's being said against you, that's like obviously false or obviously dumb. Um, but this gets into like way more complicated forms of like community interaction and whatnot. But yeah. I agree with that a hundred percent. Yeah. Even sometimes when I comment, I comment on my own Reddit and my comment gets like seven upvotes, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, you can't win this current battle but you'll win the next one, right? Interesting. So you, can't, you, have to, you have to stop thinking about this hate, this, this drama, whatever. This one thread or this instance of it, I won't win it. It's already lost. I could make a, a video with 20 million views or something. It won't matter. Like that will still be there. But the next time that somebody tries to attack whatever, what the investment that I put in as a defense that is valid, my people will carry it over. And, and Joel, they will make sure that the, that the fire doesn't, doesn't feed and doesn't grow bigger. So I recently learned, like I didn't, it's kind of silly, but someone, I was interviewing someone and they like mentioned some person's name and I didn't realize they were talking about a person. I, like I thought it was like a Twitch term, like big schnoz or something. And, and they were telling me, no, 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 this is like a person who makes like hate videos, basically, or like drama kind of videos. And, mm -hmm. and so 
you know, I kind of like learned that they're like people who apparently like dedicated will like make, I forget what the name is, but they'll like dedicate time to like making videos that trash other creators. Yeah. Of yeah. course. And, and, and so XQC is, is on another level with that, right? Because it, you can make a, if I make a video trashing XQC, it gets me more views and grows my channel. It's a very, it's a very easy thing to do. Right. So, right. so it's like, yeah. it's like they just criticize big streamers and that's like almost their business model. Right. Yeah. hundred yeah, uh, percent. You, you can't so much to say about that. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Let's that. Say, uh, I, I, I want to say one thing. Um, I, I feel like, um, no, go, I need to go, 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 go. I need to. Okay. So people, it, this, this is, this amazes me about the gaming community is that there is so much hate for Twitch thoughts right everyone thinks that women are manipulative by having breasts right and that that's somehow a plot to rob virgins right but nobody like these people will be really great content creators but because they've been dismissed and categorized by uh, as that the instant someone hops into their chat they're like ah it's a thought and they leave they don't give them a chance and they stereotype them and these people are just tarnished as manipulators right but there are literally millions of gamers watching and subscribing channels that are just dedicated to complaining about other content creators instead of making content of their own. And they manipulate all these people into a hate wave because they snicker from behind that hate wave, all of that hard work and doxing and harassment that these people do for free on behalf of someone who cashes in behind them going, yeah, not having to do anything brave, not having to face any criticism, getting millions of pats on the back. And nobody clocks this or sees that it's manipulation and that it's a way of misdirecting hate for profit and that it's actually really scummy. And like, why are these people, why is there no word for these people? Like, I don't no, know. No, so, so, like so I, was, I was talking to, no, I was talking to someone, someone said that they're hate farmers. That's the word they used. I thought it was a great term. They kind of the trash, yeah. And, but so, so the, yeah, uh, sorry, Lily, go ahead. No, 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 no. I, I just wanted to say, so like, I think the interesting thing here though, is when you guys say that there are like millions of people and I, I like saw a couple of these videos and just looked at the, like the view count, it makes me think a little back, a bit back to what um, Devin was saying earlier about a vocal minority. And, and the interesting thing is if you look at some of these like hate videos that have, you know, like millions of views, that's not a vocal minority. That's actually like... <laughs> Wait. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Relative to YouTube it is. So so the, the thing that we don't consider with YouTube and Twitch is YouTube is for every one person on Twitch there's 100 on YouTube. So for example, there's about 16 to 0.5 to 16.8 daily active million daily million active users on Twitch. There's 200 million daily active users on on YouTube on gaming alone. So 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 the relative to the amount of um here's the problem to the individual content creators that are making those videos right uh, 1.5 million 2 million views is a lot and enough for them to monetize that content thus they do it because it's a very low-hanging fruit to make a trash video about lily or pokey or xqc or whatever and get a bunch of free views but relative to the actual platform those are those are tiny creators they're, they're not they're not like succeeding in any like meaningful level one thing that I think is like a very funny internet phenomenon, um, I don't know if any other creator has ever had this happen, but um, sometimes you'll be streaming for a day and you'll see like a kind of like a unique insult and you'll see it like two or three or four or five times. You're like, oh, 
somebody must have either made a video about me yeah. or a post somewhere. Yeah, you're like, okay. And then you have to go and find it. And then you watch it like, oh, okay. This is why everybody is calling me like midget cuck today. Like, because this guy <laughs> literally made a video and now yeah. all of his fans, everyone here, whether you, you might not see the post on the air, but if you've ever had a day where you're just getting a bunch of like, that's kind of unique. And so I don't know why three people call me that. It's because somebody somewhere else made a video or a post calling you that, And those people are coming from there to do it. Yeah. It's a really, really funny. Uh, yeah. I should, phenomenon. I should clarify uh, real quick. Like, sorry. Like, like, um, I think I'm a, just like real caveat there, because I think I'm a little bit wrong. Um, just because the stats are like make it seem like macro like that, what Destiny just said made me realize that like it's personal to you, right? So if that's like a million people that watched a video particular to like the hate about like you as a creator, it's like a massive influx of people into your community that day that come in and spam your Twitch chat, right? Like your day's over. Like, <laughs> like you're like, yeah, so it, you it does what? make a big difference. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I actually had that uh, with the reason to uh, the YouTube channel, or whatever. Every day that I had a new video pop up of one of these guys who would like criticize me or whatever, like I could see chat complete like let less subs ratio, a lot a lot of names with no badges, so like no prime badge, no whatever, like just just you know, just almost like a fresh account. And there's a crazy amount of them. And most of them were were, were saying like like the same thing, right? And that 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 happens pretty often. Uh, way more than I think we it, that, that I think we can figure it out. Um well, so, and well, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I, so I'm just a little bit curious because, like, I, I so I hear D Devin, your point is well taken that the scale of YouTube versus Twitch is an important differentiator. Mm -hmm. But what I'm also hearing is that, like, maybe what's actually happened is that the reason that these people are vocal minorities in our communities is because y'all have done a good job of cultivating pos positive communities, but all the people that over time have been banned and stopped showing up in in your content and your channels like are actually there's like actually a large number of people who like go to other places right but it just because they're the vocal minority in your community and this kind of goes back to like building an echo chamber like i'm i'm a little bit curious now about like whether you know the the people who hate twitch thoughts um finally a term i'm familiar with and understand and confuse um it is uh is actually quite large Right. Like, what do you yes. guys think about that? Not relative to all of Twitch. I don't think so. Um, it, yeah. Like, you, yeah, we're, we're talking about like, it, it's hard because when we talk about like a minority of a minority of a minority of a thing, it really depends on like who you're interacting with. God, all the examples I want to go through are, are like political. Um, I, I'm sorry, but that's just where my brain goes. Like, for instance, like, like the, well, like the KKK is a very small percentage of any of anything of Republicans, of white people, anything in the United States. But if you live in like a town where there's like a large presence of them, it's not going to feel like a minority, right? If you are a 500 average viewer streamer, which is very large on Twitch, if you're a 500 average viewer streamer and uh, uh, somebody that has like a million subs on YouTube makes a hit video about you, even if that's a minority of people on YouTube and even if they come over to Twitch and it's a minority of people on Twitch, even 100 negative commenters, even on a 10,000 concurrent viewer channel, hmm. 100 negative commenters will be overwhelming. Um, and it, man, if you're smaller than that, dude, you will be completely overwhelmed with the amount of hate that you'll get. It takes a surprisingly very few amount of people to totally change the way a chat goes. If you're ever curious, if you, if you know, like the really spammy chats, I do this sometimes, it's really funny. If you go into a chat and there's an, a, a ton of spam, if you can mute 10 people or less and cut out like literally 85% of the spam. It's insane. The like 80 yeah. 20 rule when it comes to Twitch chat. 80 20 and everything, man. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. Half the time they're mods so, on some of these channels. I don't know why, but like, yeah, it's insane. Yeah. So I, I'm hearing two almost conflicting points. One is that 
what I'm hearing you guys say is generally speaking, engaging with trolls is a bad idea and you should just nip it in the bud. And there's a thought that I had, which was like, you know, for the people who create hateful content, responding to them, doesn't that just get them to create more hateful content? Um, but what I'm hearing is, so that's what I thought. So I was under the assumption that the right thing to do if someone makes a hate video about you is just to ignore it because that's a battle that you can't ever convince anyone because no one ever wants to be convinced. And at the same time, what I'm hearing you guys say is actually, if you do respond to it, people from your own community will then spread that response. So even though it looks like no one is paying attention, that it can actually create change over time and potentially a cultural shift. Okay. Yeah. In my in my opinion, I think it's two different types of uh, criticism and content. I can I can't prove to you that I'm funny, but I can prove to you that I'm good at the game. So, basically, uh, I if the guy says that my content sucks, I can't go out and say, "Hey, man, my content is good." That will never go through, right? But but if, if the person says, "Hey, man, um, this guy is bad at the game," you can say, "Hey, man, look at my rank." So there are things that, that you can prove them, or there are points you can count that they can argue. If somebody has false claims and, and and uses false points in his video or whatever. I think it's okay to address it. I, I don't think you should you should ignore it. If somebody is spreading false information, even though it's getting views or whatever. If you just dispel it, you'll you'll come out on top. So what what I'll, what I'll like to do is that I'll just I'll, I'll take the points and I'll dismantle them and I'll be like, okay, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is why, this is why, and and whatever is evil. And whatever criticism is is not rooted in in in, um, you know, whatever they're saying that isn't like actual criticism, we can you can easily like ignore it or dispel it. Like if somebody says, "Oh, that creator is this 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 is that," and he's ugly. Okay, well I don't I'm not gonna address the ugly because that's that's pointless. But the rest there, is for sure. There's there's a lot of things that ignoring will put away. I think XQC is a hundred percent right on this. Where if you know if it's some ad hominem or just some insults or whatever, just ignoring that because you can't address it. But Destiny's point to there is room for professional, well put out responses at times to what other people could perceive as legitimate criticisms. For example, like if somebody's calling you a fraud or somebody is telling you that you have done something that you haven't done, you have a secret daughter or something, right? Um, there, there's 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 room for that to happen. And and I I go to um, an example that uh, when I was speaking to Alinity about this. And I know Dr. K, you've spoken to Lindy as well. She, um, when, when she had the whole incident with everything happening um, and people started to really hate on her, um, she was advised to stay quiet and, um, and, and to not respond. And she says that she regrets that because if she had made a response video at that time and said, look, these are like, here's the, the, the people coming in and saying that like, I'm a good cat owner, here's all, the, here's all this stuff then she thinks that she could have changed that narrative. So, so it, 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 is a, it is a bit of a contradiction, but a lot of the time ignoring things is the answer, yeah, particularly yeah, at ad hominems. Um, but uh, there is, there's, there's a time and a place for like a professional response. Yeah, I think so. There's like, there's two dimensions that I kind of like view this through. So, um, and this is just agree agreeing with everything that's been said so far. Um, it depends on who levies the criticism. Is this like an individual idiot in chat? Or is this like another content creator? Um, an individual idiot in chat doesn't deserve a response all the time. But another content creator kind of demands a response. You know, if somebody's making something about you, and it's going out to a lot of people, you kind of have to say something. Because um, sometimes your fans are looking to you to respond as well, even if they don't even if they don't verbalize that, you know, if, if a whole bunch of people are making a lot of claims at you and you're kind of silent, like your, your fans 
do do notice that um, even if, even if they don't verbalize that thing. Um, so it, you have to be in, mindful of like, is it an individual troll or is it a large content creator? And then um, as Devin said, it depends on the type of criticism too. You know, if you're going to make 20 videos about how I'm a short midget that makes boring content, um, I mean, there's not much to say. But if you're going to start making a whole bunch of like very formalized but demonstrably untrue claims about me, well, then that is something that like, it, I think it's worth having at least one formal response to that if somebody comes and asks you about it, you go, oh, I already made a video about that. Like, that's totally fake. Um, so that the type of criticism and who does it is like the first, like that's like one dimension I view it. Another dimension is like, what is your engagement with other streamers? If you're somebody that's like incredibly isolated and you don't engage with like other types of people, sometimes there's not as much of like a, a drive to respond to them, you know? Like if a bunch of people in the knitting community started to make videos about how I'm a horrible person, like I don't, I'm never going to engage with that community. Maybe I don't really care as much. Maybe I kind of ignore that. If you're a streamer and you just kind of like do your own thing or whatever, it, there's not as much of an imperative as if you're somebody that like corroborate, not corroborates, I'm sorry, collaborates a lot more with other streamers or reaches into other communities to do joint content. If that's something where you are working with a lot of other streamers and you have those relationships, then then maybe there's also like a bit more of a drive to kind of like set the record straight because other communities are going to start to hate you based on stuff they see. And if you don't have a response, it just kind of looks like you're admitting guilt a little bit. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. You know, I it's interesting because I, I find myself... Uh, so first of all, I want to just pause for a second and say thank you guys very much. I'm not trying to necessarily wrap up or anything. I just want to, um, I, I just really appreciate everyone's perspective so much. I think it's been really interesting to have different kinds of people, right? So like XQC is, it, you know, talks about um, you can't be proven wrong in terms of skill is a is a legend to scrub from Dota. There's no way that I can prove my skill at anything. And and so, you know, to hear just different experiences of, of what you guys face, I think, Anita, especially you've asked a lot of like really, really interesting questions and your perspective has been actually a little bit different um, in terms of trying to really like understand where people are coming from and, and educate. Um, I, I get the sense that all of you have also dealt with different forms and types of toxicity, like some of which are, you know, there's clear evidence of like Lily's voice is like, is her voice. And then some people just make up random shit, like apparently Destiny. I still am just so confused by this. You have a secret daughter? Like, what does that even, like, I, anyway, I just get really confused by a lot of the stuff that I hear. So thank you guys so much for bringing a lot of uh, different perspectives. I guess I've got a couple of kind of directions, and I just want to sort of see where you guys want to go. Um, one is that I, you know, we talked a lot about toxicity and managing toxicity. So we could talk a little bit about that. I have a few thoughts about that. I have a couple of experiences with that. Um, another thing that I'm kind of curious about, uh, just personally, because I've been exploring this more, especially with the Me Too movement, I've also started doing um, some work with esports orgs in terms of like um, helping them uh, hopefully do better. And, and that's been really, really fascinating, enlightening. I've learned a lot of cool things about, I think I better understand why your teammates flame you way harder than you flame the other team. Um, so it's, it's been really interesting from kind of like a learning perspective. Uh, the other thing that, that I'm kind of curious about is like, you know, someone mentioned like uh, um, Anita was kind of talking about the experience of being a female gamer. We've had a couple of groups of, of women kind of come on, um, on, on our streams recently that have been pretty enlightening in terms of them sharing their experience of what it's like to be, a gamer or more recently we had one about like um winner women and their interactions with men in terms of like non-gaming interactions so like when you play a game with someone and they add you as a friend like how long it takes for them to want to to fall in love with you and shit like that because that kind of stuff happens it's been interesting 
So one a broader question that I've just been having recently that I've never really heard anyone talk too much about, or I mean, we've talked about it here, is like why there aren't female programmers. Um, oh, yeah. Maybe what was that a question? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so these are the different directions, right? So we could talk a little bit about toxicity and managing toxicity. We could talk a little bit about, um, you know, all kinds of like random stuff uh, in terms of like, you know, why your your teammates flame you harder. Um, But I I was kind of thinking managing toxicity. And then personally, I'm kind of curious about like why there aren't female programmers. Oh, uh, I have so much to say. Yeah. Okay. So it sounds like we have a winner. I have a story, but I need to go, go first. Well, like you were saying about the female gamer thing, which I'll touch on first, is that how do you get enthusiastic and, you know, get excited to wake up in the morning and play a game where you get treated differently than everybody else? You don't. So breaking in is the first barrier. Like, you have to get as many women invested in playing competitively as men. And if you throw up loads of obstacles that make it harder to cooperate, harder to find a team of people who will, you know, group up with you consistently... Um, and then not fall in love with you, you know, it just becomes an exhausting set of extra hurdles preventing you, like more hurdles on top of, yeah, people are toxic generally. Like a lot of people write off sexist toxicity as like, yeah, you will get toxicity no matter who you are. And for you, it'll be because you're a woman. And for me, it'll be because I'm slightly heavy. And for that person, it'll be because they're skinny. And for that person, it'll be because they're gay. But you will get toxicity. It's just your brand of toxicity. And I'm Mm -hmm. saying, no, you get extra toxicity. You get the toxicity you would as a gamer and you get the toxicity you get as a woman as well. So you have two hurdles, whereas a bunch of dudes have one. And, and you know, by comparison. And, and that means that it's harder to get women invested in the game in the first place. I don't think it's a level of capability. I think it's about having just an extra filter reducing the numbers. And if you can create an environment where, because the thing is, no one's going to listen to us. Because the kind of people that are toxic towards women don't listen to women. It has to come from other dudes. And I'm not saying, dudes, could you please white knight for us? <laughs> I'm saying, like, if we're in a chat full of, like, five dudes and one is being an absolute dick and the other four are just listening and still cooperating with him and ignoring the fact that it's happening, it validates his behavior and tells you that they think he's in the right and then it doesn't become like a troll problem. It becomes like a game of culture problem where you're like, oh, I don't fit in here. Like, I'm not supposed to be here. They, that's normal for them. And so like the bystanders kind of set the standard in this situation. And I kind of feel like a huge step forward there is getting dudes proud of actually standing up and going, you know what? This isn't the fucking 1960s, dude. You have to be a grown up now. Like, we're not all gamer kids anymore. You, we're adults. We grew up. We're still gamers. And now you have to be a grown up and not be all scared of girls and stuff. And, and that has to come from everyone in the room, not just the woman getting picked on. Felix? Okay. Oh, no, no, did you go first? Just a little bystander effect it seems that if you defend a girl though i think a lot of people are simp. scared of being called simp white knight their defense is completely invalidated by like oh you're just sticking up for her because she's not gonna sleep with you bro like all that shit so i think that discourages people from standing up to people who shit on girls okay um my approach i have a good approach to that because i wanted to say that earlier today in the other discussion but i didn't um my approach when when I've been matched with girls, um, a lot of times, for some reason, guys have this thing where like girls always have to prove that they're that that they're good enough. And 
but then uh, you'll play a game and and a girl will do well or something and people will whatever they they do poorly i mean uh, guys will like pile on them and there's a way to like to to counteract these these weirdos that are being that are being weird without being a, a simp or a white knight you can dispel um trash without jumping in front and stop this like a like some like some knight or savior right like if i'm just like um oh dude um uh, man uh, i don't know like somebody saying something about you being your girl or something like that right and they're using it against you and then they're like bot fragging and he's still talking shit you're like hey man man crazy that you're bot fragging you losing to a girl or something like that like sometimes you can sort of use use it against them and and a lot of times it, i don't know like th- there's a way to dude i'm not trying to talk i'm sorry oh my god um so felix it sounds like you're saying there's a way to not be a white knight and still not be a bystander uh yeah yeah and i've done it multiple times on my stream uh i think i've given really good examples about how you can like defend a woman uh, uh without looking like a simp and and also i have a story about like uh, female programmers if you guys want to hear it mm-hmm. sure okay so maybe some of you, some of you guys are, are, are familiar with this um we had this female uh in no watch scene i love you we're familiar with her uh Gigory, right and 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 she went to she went pro and she went into the league and her path wasn't easy it wasn't like one of those like uh, easy cookie cutter path of like being good and just making it like she was getting better and really good and every step of the way she was getting people who were saying that she was hacking and people were making videos and 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 streams of like chris and saying oh uh oh, look like she can't be that good she's hacking here and there and there and it was like literally like impossible right and even through the criticism she kept playing it and, and she kept making it and at some point she literally deserves her spot um to a league and even when she got hired People were saying she's only in because she's a woman. And people were saying now people were just saying now she's in because she's a good PR stunt. Right? And and even when she was performing, there was still something. And I thought it was kind of like a, a realization that it the facts didn't matter anymore. Like people just almost like didn't care um, uh, of how good she was. There's always something to prove, something that even if unprovable, like she can't access this level of status unless she proves it, even though that's unprovable, right? That that she deserves a spot. But at the, that and and it was really sad. But at the same time, um, I I I don't think people value or like I think people underplay the impact that that she that she had because she was also an icon of somebody so, who did make it, somebody who did rise uh, above uh, and stood with their head above water. I think that has a big impact on the whole on the whole culture. I have a ton of thought about this from esports. Um, let's look at an analogy, okay? Because this has happened in history before. So in esports, um, we started a team of CSGO players on CLG. We can't find any reason, biologically or genetically, why women would be worse than men in games. So for some reason, though, there are literally no women in pro gaming. So like XQC said, this, this story um, is so important to highlight like what actually happened here, because this has happened before. Um, in STEM programs at universities. It used to be that at STEM programs, there were no women in in any kind of STEM program, especially math, right? Then at Yale, activists started trying to push for women to join STEM programs. 
And what happened was a woman actually did. They, they, they pushed into the, a program at Yale and they went into a math program. And she recalls it being one of the worst experiences of her life. She was constantly being asked for the woman's point of view on math. She was being watched in class. People were asking her why she was there. And so she dropped out because she had, so why, right? So fast forward a few years, Yale introduces five women instead of one. And now they succeed. The women have a support network. They are able to interact with the ecosystem better. They're able to talk amongst themselves. So this problem comes at a publisher level who's controlling the leagues because we are not creating these ecosystems um, that allow women to be a part of the thing. If we just expect women to enter, to, if one person to join a, an esports team with the way the culture is, like Anita says, the problem becomes insurmountable. There are so many hurdles and so many obstacles to have to overcome that there is no way that statistically a woman that's able to do it, it's like maybe this one girl in Overwatch does it and goes through everything, but the amount of hell she has to go through to get there and is still receiving because the system, the ecosystem itself doesn't support these women. Esports has that problem at a systemic level, and nobody cares to fix it. We are not going to have women in gaming at an equal level with men and, and until publishers actually do something about this and make the ecosystem more friendly to them. Yeah, we're also we're talking about this. We're we're actually so far down the road even for where these types of differentiations between like men and women or boys and girls begin. Um, although it's changed a lot over the past twenty years, especially. But like even like when you're looking to buy gifts for your children, you know, like oh, I've got a boy, I'm gonna get him like video games because that's what he do. Oh, I've got a girl, I'm gonna get him like Barbie dolls or toys or whatever because that's what they do. Like this type of like buying different things for different people, um, like happens at a very early age, such that by the time you're you know guys that are in pro gaming, they don't start like at 18 years old, you know, they've probably been playing games since they're like five or six. Um, you know, there aren't, there aren't any pro players that, you know, picked it up, you know, oh, League is the first game I ever played at 17 and now I'm going to the LCS. It's like, oh, no, when I was four years old, I played Ocarina of Time or when I was like six years old, I got a whatever. Um, yeah, I, I think that this type of like, like how we treat men and women that play games starts at a really early age too. So it's really hard to fix when you're at the very end of that, it's like, well, how do I get more women in pro gaming? Well, like the answer is like, you know, buy four-year-old girls switches like that it's a really really long drawn out problem that happens throughout like the entire course of a person's life uh one more thing uh i feel like culturally also in esports and gaming this is also something uh in pro gaming and in leagues or whatever it's not a hundred percent a meritocracy like a lot of people hold spots into leagues in league of legends i'm sure in cs in, in overwatch where they're holding a spot and they're not worth that spot because they're not good enough, right? So it's not it's not a meritocracy because they have like brand value or because uh, they have like certain contracts. There's a millions of reasons why, uh, and it's not like one or two. There's, there's like dozens of people that don't that that shouldn't even be there because they're not good enough, right? But that's fine because not a lot of people are going to call them out or or say something. But because because there's so little women in pro gaming, once one makes it, they're they're uh, to such a high level of scrutiny. It makes it like impossible. Now people, oh, there's one woman. Now we're gonna investigate. Is she? Does she deserve it? Is she good enough? Let's find out. No, she's not good enough. And all of a sudden, holy shit! It's a pure meritocracy. Like they have to deserve it. No, not all these forty players don't deserve it. That one player woman, she has to deserve it. That is to be a pure meritocracy, like out of the blue. And I think that's crazy. That's like insane. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's um, it's like it's like if we were to add like the filter of like, well, yeah, women have to deal with toxicity, and then toxicity for being a woman. You also have to be the specific rare character type that will keep doing something that's meant to be recreational, and it be exhausting, but still keep turning up. 
So like you have to be like the rare tiny percentage of women that will play a game not just for fun, because it's not always fun. In fact, it's exhausting. People are giving you shit all the time and not cooperating with you and making remarks all the time and everyone's scrutinizing you. You have to be the kind of person who keeps coming back and taking that abuse and continuing. And that's going to be really rare, especially for games, because the reason we play them is for fun. And all of those things make it not fun. So of course it's gonna ex exponentially reduce the female participation. Now we've identified three hurdles and very few people, um, regardless of who they are, even if they're a dude, would have jumped one of these just to play a specific game when there's so much else you can do with your time. Yeah, this is fascinating. I, I find myself kind of defaulting to kind of my general solution, which is, I would love to find a group of prospective female gamers and just support them, like psychologically. Like I'm wondering, because what you guys are saying, so on the one hand, Destiny, I, I think brings up a good point that if we look at pro gamers, they start super, super young. So like maybe that's one of the differentiating factors. I, I generally tend to agree with, I think, general sentiment here, which is that I don't see a biological neuroscientific reason why pro gaming shouldn't be 50 50 I, I don't see one i'm not saying that one doesn't exist because yeah. it hasn't been w well studied but i there, do think yeah just on that real quick because i know a lot of people point that out something that's really really fascinating it's like well how could it just be culture that caused like there's not a single woman in so many different esports blah 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 something that's really interesting is like if you look at very talented guitar players like look at like rock bands it's like 99.99999 percent of these people are men in, in like rock bands that are like these virtuoso uh guitar players and it's like okay well maybe there is something there that like men are just more dexterous with their fingers or the coordination of like the male hunter brain or whatever but if you hop over into the classical world and you look at incredibly talented piano players or violin players, well, now all of a sudden you have a ton of women that are incredibly talented at their instruments. Oh my God. Like um, there are some female piano players um, that are just, that are mind blowing. Um, and it's like, okay, well hmm, now, now it kind of looks like maybe there's like, is there a reason why women's fingers are faster on a violin board rather than like on a guitar fretboard? Well, that doesn't really make sense, right? They're like, you can tell that like culturally we are very much driven towards participating in certain activities. Yeah. So, I mean, I, th I think if you make the argument that like the reason that you have to be a pro gamer, it doesn't matter about gender, that you have to start at a young age and the way that we socialize our kids. Like I know at least I've tried to get my kids to play video games. They just don't seem to be very interested. Sure. Um, and to my great sorrow, but, uh, but, but, it, it, but what I'm hearing from you guys is that a lot of the pressures are psychological. And so oddly enough, that gives me hope because I've, helped people who have been in difficult situations like succeed, especially when their primary barriers are psychological or stress oriented. And it makes me wonder, it gives me actually hope that if, it, you know, if you give women the kind of support, just like Devin was saying, you take five people and you put them in together and then it's a different ball game. Um, and uh -huh. and so I, I just wonder if like we can actually do that sooner rather than later. I think you have to exert, I'm sorry, Lily. I think it's going to be gradual. I think like what we mentioned in the beginning about the whole toxicity in gaming culture and if certain events will affect it, like Steven said, it's a subtle shift every time. I feel like there has to be more of those. Like, let's say there's like a female pro gamer who suddenly appears and influences like thousands of other girls to do the same. So little stuff like that, I think, would help. Go on, Devin. I, I think if you want to fix this problem, you have to challenge the people that control the leagues to support initiatives that do so in order to create those ecosystems. They're ultimately in esports, publishers control everything. I don't know, I don't, this doesn't get talked about a lot. Activision controls everything about OWL and CDL. 
and and Riot controls everything about the LCS. They Blizzard controls everything about their esports. These these publishers are so prevalent that even if we were to start an initiative to have a tournament of all women, for example, we couldn't host it because League would have to give us permission to do that. So there has to be pressure exerted on these larger publishers to be able to exert any kind of change. And I don't see any of that happening. I also want to echo something that I thought was really funny that XQC said earlier. I, I don't have as much involvement in the pro scenes these days, but I know that back in the day, what you said is 100% true. We're like, if a woman is in some place, all of a sudden she has to have like the technical abilities to be there. Otherwise she's like a fraud and she doesn't deserve it. But people would really were like super quick to overlook like people that were picked up on certain teams just because they got a lot of viewers because they were entertaining. Like back in the StarCraft days, like your salary wasn't 100% correlated to like how good you were at the game, but it was more just like how entertaining are you as a streamer? Like how many viewers do you pull in? Like how many new so eyes true. are you getting on our team? Yeah. So like mm-hmm. this idea that like, well, if you're a woman and you're there, like you're only being picked up, you're not even that good at the game. It's like, there's a lot of guys that don't like hit that bar either but for some reason we judge you know the, the two quite differently sometimes yeah yeah Devin, i i hear what you're saying i i still find myself just like ultimately i i think you're more of a systems person than i am just in terms of the way that our brains work i tend to be highly individual focused and i just find myself being incredibly curious like if if i if i could run a support group for eight women who were prospective pro gamers and who were really good i'm just curious what would happen I think like Lily said, that if you were able to elevate one of those people into a significant place and they had support for it, it could change the lives of thousands of women. I don't even think it has to be the same eSport. Like, I think it's I don't just, either. Yeah, you know. I, I mean, I so Intel had this initiative um, to sponsor us in CLG, to create CLG Red, which was an all-female team of CSGO players. And they competed at a professional level in CSGO for years. I believe they still do. Um, the, the team is still active. And it did an enormous amount of good. Uh, to ins- there were so many people that were inspired um, just by virtue of them existing and having a support network. And we would get, I, we got more flame and more negativity about that team than any other team that we had, even, even, even by scale, right? Because we had LCS team that was way more prominent in terms of viewership, but still in terms of negative comments, that did it. And I think that when you create those kind of support networks and you say, look, like no matter what, we're going to back you, it's really important. And if you did something like that, it would, I, I, I love, I am a more systematic person, but at some point you're also slamming your head against the wall because like talking to Riot Games about making like an all women's league is like- No, so no, but, but, no, but, Devin, but, but I, I don't what know. What you're doing is know, actually actionable. I, I don't know yeah, why, yeah. why you were saying all women. Like an mm-hmm. all women, like I'm not, I'm not talking about all women leagues or all women teams. Like that seems- Oh, sure, it's just an arbitrary example. Yeah, yeah I mean, I think- It could, I think it could like, just be- I don't understand. Anything. Like, I think it's incredibly artificial and sort of a legacy of physical sports to separate female and male esports. Like, that sounds frankly mm-hmm. idiotic to me. Like, I think I don't see any reason why. Like, I, I just I'm confused about why we don't. I mean, less so now because I think you guys have done a really good job explaining it. But like, what I'm hearing from Anita and also Lily and and XQC is that primarily what's holding women back is actually like the additional psychological hurdles in culture. And there's a part of me that says like, I can help people deal with psychological hurdles in culture. Yeah. I was was more just an arbitrary example. Like I'm championing you because I think what you're doing is actually actionable versus if you go to like riot or someone like that, it's very difficult to. Yeah. And like, there's, there's a part Mm. of me that says like, if you actually look at the truth of the matter and, and I don't have a good reason to believe aside, I think the most compelling argument I've heard is from destiny, which is just that like to be a programmer, you have to start really young and like fewer women start really young and play as much as male gamers who go to a particular esport. 
And that too, there's also data that suggests that like this is true because it's very hard to jump esports, right? Like you can't go from being like a top FPS player to like a top MOBA player. So it suggests that there's something about the level of skill that you entrain from a very young age. And that's really the most compelling argument that I've heard. But if the problems are psychological, I'm just really curious what would happen if you take a group of female gamers and just like give them the psychological support to try to remove as much of the hurdles as what Anita and Lily describe and what, what XQC describes in terms of like hate and toxicity and flaming and all this kind of crap. And then I'm curious what would happen. Something um, to, to back up kind of what I was saying before that was really interesting. Um, I wish I had the link to this, but there was a study that shows um, it tracks the growth of women's representation in school in different fields like medicine or law um, and then like computer science. And something that was really interesting was that all of these fields were tending upwards until I think it was the release of the Nintendo Entertainment System in the United States. You could follow like 18 years or whatever after that release or, or like 10 years after the release. You could see that there started to become this big drop off of women that were getting computer science degrees. And one of the hypotheses to that is that when these video game machines started to come out, they were heavily marketed towards young boys. And what happened was if you got to college and you wanted to go into computer science... Well, if you're a girl and you haven't been playing video games your whole life, now all of a sudden every other person in class that's a male or a guy, they've been like taking a part in playing with 386s or Ataris or Nintendos for like 10 years. They've already got a massive head start on you just because the culture kind of pushed them to playing towards video games. And you see this huge drop off of women participation in computer science that you don't see in any other of like the major STEM fields. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, so any kind of... Because um, we've been at this for a while, I think it's been it's been an enjoyable discussion for me. I think any particular kind of take home points or or things that you guys want to like last thoughts that y'all want to share about creating positive. I know we sort of got off on on the toxicity and and kind of thinking about female gamers, but any uh, kind of last thoughts that you want to share about you know how do you create a good community? Um, how do you maintain a good community? How do you think about toxicity within your community? I know open-ended questions at the end. I, I, can, I would say the biggest way that I cope with toxicity is I take it as an opportunity every single time. So I'm like, okay, I'm in a situation now. What do I do with this? And when a particular streamer came at me and said that I should be banned for the platform and loads of people joined in with her and I got a wave of hate everywhere and it just sparked off this thing where clips of me were taken out of context unexplained and everyone's begging twitch to cancel me i took it as an opportunity so i um, educated people about tourette syndrome and loads of people were suddenly paying attention to me and i was like yes i have tourette's this is what tourette's is and it transformed huge communities because they'd never understood what it meant and i was like yay i did a thing and even if i get banned it was worth it because millions of people understand us better and that makes the world a safer place for people like us and when people uh when people have come at me about anything i've been like fine i've got some attention it's not necessarily positive attention but i can still do something good with it even if it's just make a response video yay that'll get me some extra money on youtube at least there's a positive um and the best slap in the face for people who are trying to tear you down is for that it to accidentally make you money so like I, I feel particularly smug about like the revenue on response YouTube um, videos because when people are giving me grief and I profit from it, I'm just like, huh, that kind of backfired for you. <laughs> so yeah, see every little bit, especially as someone who's in in the public eye, 
you can turn any publicity into something beneficial. Um, there are loads of people who are big just because they are contentious in some way. Like the literally uh, the, the whole there's no bad press thing is kind of true. And so no matter what level of toxicity you're getting, no matter what's happening to you, there is a way to make something positive out of it. It's like the shit analogy. It's like some people cry because they've got shit on their hands and other people make it into bricks and build houses. And I kind of want to be the second category because there is a way to make something good out of everything. Everything is an opportunity. I agree. I think you can never get rid of toxicity. It's always going to be there. You're always going to get hate no matter what. And it's up to you to decide what to do with it. However, that may be beneficial to you. I just think it's really important that you have to keep in mind that you will incur a great like emotional or mental or psychological cost to do so. And it's up to you to figure out like what level you can bear. Um, so like Devin said, like Devin and a lot of people don't read any type of comments whatsoever on the internet because it's just not worth it. You destroy your mind doing it. Um, and, and I think it's good to be cognizant of like, like what level of engagement can I take in, in certain things that's healthy to me um, versus like, this is too much. Like, even though I'm getting responses out of it, like mentally it's destroying me and now I need to take like a month break like every year because I can't deal with it. Everybody kind of has to figure out like where that line is for them, for, for how much they can handle. I think it's different for everyone. For sure. It's not a one solution fits all. Yeah. I, I suppose I would want to just highlight the previous analogy that I made that was preventative versus surgical, right? Like that there are these, both of these aspects to community building. Um, like Destiny said, and Lily said, we, we tend to, hover on either side so for me like i don't um i i can't wade into the front lines and trench warfare and like battle the dude on reddit that you know has like a six page comment thread about me but like what i can do is i can uh, encourage my community uh to be positive and do that by positive reinforcement things like gifting subs to individuals highlighting uh positive comments in chat instead of negative ones and taking an active stance on that that's preventative and then surgically removing toxicity not letting people know that that's not okay and i think every one of us has that kind of responsibility as a content creator and the last thing that i would say is that every single person on this call and listening in this chat makes a difference and some like one of the things that i've realized as the world is kind of like taking a turn towards a lot of these issues is that everybody's voice is really important and the fastest way to stop feeling like this is a huge problem that is just insurmountable that you can't control is to actually be a part of fixing it and send a positive message in chat today or um, highlight somebody on one of your broadcasts. One thing we didn't talk about a lot are these smaller creators, and I talk to smaller creators all the time. There are smaller creators that they get one negative comment and it impacts them for days because they just get because because of the scale they get so few. Um, sending a small a small positive comment to a, a smaller creator can make the difference between them broadcasting the next day and not. You can make a huge difference in that way. So never, never the people in chat and everyone that's listening to this, never underestimate your ability to make a small difference that it will actually turn into a large one through the ripple effect of change that as a community. The only way that we will change this community is if we all do it together. Stay positive. Felix, you want to say anything? Either. boomer sorry um i i have like a, a really weird like th this room becomes like a hot box if i don't have like a fan on or like i don't air out the room somewhere so i i still like mentally dying did because okay. of all the don't heat. Worry about it, man. yeah so I'm... um yeah is this like a closing thoughts type of thing yeah 
Um, you're dying. Listen, from heat. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. Um, I'll I'll be honest. Um, I get a lot of flack from my community being like uh, uh, bad and toxic, and I had reservations of coming on the podcast uh, uh, to begin with because I didn't want to, um, you know, come here like 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 some sort of uh, like above the issue, um, you know, like like I know better or something like that. I want to, uh, but you know, you respond that you, you want me to give perspective. Um, I think some communities do well at gradually turning toxicity into like good banter. And I feel like when good banter comes, uh, people that were more like negative, when they start seeing like their negative comments as like more of like a, like a, like a harmless joke by, by something like the overly negative stuff, they can start like saying more, you know, nice banter also like, no, like I said earlier, not 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 only only lols, but now they they're gonna slip in like like a pog. I think you, you can channel that, and I think somebody that does that very well is Forsen, or his community will like shit on him a lot for doing poorly, but they will highlight when he does well, right? And it's not it's not harmful. Like they're not like very very toxic. And I've been trying to channel it that way, and uh, I think there's a way to do that. But when it comes down to stuff like I said earlier about the voice or about Tourette's thing that you can't change. I think people have to uh, be decisive and, you know, slice the bread and ban and, and do the right things before it grows into something that it, yeah. Yeah. So thank you guys so much. I mean, I, I think, uh, Felix, I didn't realize that your community had a reputation for being toxic. It really had, uh, took me, I mean, I, I know that. Um, I, I, I mean, overall, my experience on Twitch as, you know, a consumer for over a decade before I started streaming has been overwhelmingly positive. I think the gaming community, um, oftentimes myself included, we kind of play into the stereotype that they're, they're like all degenerates and stuff. We're all degenerates. Um, I, I think overall, like it's an amazing community. I think that a lot of what we've seen, like, I, I don't know how else to describe this, but you guys know, like sometimes YouTube can just be an absolute cesspool of hatred and and lack of understanding. And we had a stream now several months ago where people came on and talked about porn addiction. So like... And the comments on our porn addiction stream in YouTube are, is some of the most inspiring shit that I've ever read. It's like you take something that is so meme worthy as like being addicted to pornography and jerking off too much. And you stick it on a place like YouTube, which is just a cesspool of like filth when it comes to comments. And somehow like something magical happens when you like give people when you give like it's just like when you, you know, have a kid who's acting out. If you actually like give that kid a little bit of faith and a little bit of responsibility, it's amazing what that kid can do. And and so at the end of the day, you know, I, I think sometimes you guys are talking about like really, really challenging situations. Like when when Devin says it's got to come from the top down and I understand exactly what you mean. Like, I think that that makes a lot of sense. Um, I hear a lot of you guys dealing with ultimately what feels like unsolvable problems. Like you learn how to manage it well by banning stuff and things like that. You know, you can only engage in so many people in conversation and it is like, I try to educate as much as I can. And that sounds like fucking exhausting and, and very taxing and also wonderful that you do that and you make the world a better place, but each person can only give so much. Uh, and at the end of the day, my experience, you, you know, coming back to what Devin was saying, which I thought was like a great call to action is like, we're ultimately like, I think when we say like, oh, like Valve needs to do this or Riot needs to do this or someone else needs to do this. I actually sort of like kind of disagree. I mean, I understand the merit of what you're saying, but 
in my experience, it just takes like, like what uh, Felix was saying about, you know, bystanders when there's toxicity towards women. In my experience, you can be enough for like turning around a particular MOBA game just by not being toxic. And, and, you know, I, I think that there's also kind of this perception that you have to try really hard to like, re like reform people. I don't do that. I actually find that saying a few things is actually sufficient. And, and asking like a simple question, like, hey, do you think we can actually, it's like four and two, you guys are down by two kills at five minutes and be like, hey, do you actually think this is, I'm confused. Like, are you just pissed off and expressing frustration? Or do you actually think like this is done and like, should we AFK? And I, even, I, yeah. I have one thing about that. I feel like as a player who is like um more on like the, the not giving up side, but more like the, um, like ready to be negative side or like, you know, like I'm ready to lose my mind. Um, what I noticed introspectively when I was trying to get better, because I got banned like six, six accounts, seven accounts in League of Legends, is that um, when somebody is facing a, a bad comments, adversity, uh, uh, self, like poor performance, somebody who's still like uh, stands tall and is willing to see the good and is willing to do the right thing to win and to interact. It's very inspiring for people, uh, people that are around them. It's, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think there are a couple of big takeaways for me from this conversation. The first is that the first person who does something gets squashed, but that there are actually ripple effects down the road that make all the subsequent actions easier, whether it be the first person in the Yale math program, whether it be like the first person that Anita engages with in terms of educating Tourette's, whether it's like the first response video that you give to a hate video that like arms people for further conversations. I think we're looking like the big takeaway that I have from this conversation is that you're looking at like you're going to lose a battle. And the early ones, you're just going to take a bunch of L's before you start seeing doubles. And that's just like it is with a video game, right? Like if I pick up League of Legends, I'm going to see a bunch of L's before I start to see doubles. And my experience with, with gaming is that I actually think it just takes 10% of the player base to change the culture of a MOBA. That's my hypothesis. And the reason that I say that is that, like, if someone is toxic and then one person says, hey, man, can you just be, like, a little bit less of an asshole and can we try to win? Like, imagine how epic it's going to feel if we win this game. And then they're going to troll you. They're going to flame you. They're going to call you a simp. They're going to call you a cock, white knight, whatever. And then you feel like you lost that. And then in the next game, if someone says the same damn thing, and then in the third game, in the fourth game, in the fifth game, in the sixth game, in the seventh game, if people say, hey, man, do you want to actually try to win or do you just want to troll us? If that happens for six games in a row where just one person speaks up, I think MOBAs would be a completely different place. Yeah. But it, 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 it takes like a really strong, like, uh, like foot soldiers in front. I think I think you have to be like great to inspire good, right? You have to you have to not let people like if you have a mentality of like going against trash, you have to be strong to like take take the heat and take like the the backlash and continue keeping that mentality without letting it be damaged by others. So yeah, that's a super hard thing to do. Like I, like I've gone through periods of playing league where I'm like, okay, guys, we are gonna fucking min max for positivity. Like if people are being mean, we're gonna tell other teammates not to get down. Like I'll, I can do that for like some time, but after a while, it's like, all right, listen, if these motherfuckers are gonna do dumbass shit, I'm gonna do dumbass shit because fuck this game. If I'm gonna lose, yeah, this guy's this guy a lesson, all right.
100%. It's hard to do it over an extended period of time. And I've, I've had like three or four periods on my stream where it's like, we're going to be relentlessly positive. But man, I can only handle so many of those games. It's like, all right, fuck no, it. So Time to get it down into the mud and roll around with the pigs. Fuck this shit. I, yeah. I mean, so so I, I think that that's where, like, if I just could offer a touch of feedback, I don't think you should be relentlessly positive. That's exhausting. So what you should be is authentic and tell your teammates, oh. man, do I feel like no, fucking no, no, trolling no. you guys. You guys are authentic. fucking pissing me off. I don't think you know, I no, no, start... I don't think you know what authentic means. <laughs> no. No? Okay. Maybe yeah, I need to, maybe no, I need no, to play no, more. I think I need to queue with you guys more often on League of you Legends. You play with Steven. It's an experience. Yeah, that, that's, if Destiny was authentic, he'd be deplatformed in literally half a day. <laughs> so, so it's something else. So I, I think maybe this is one of those things where I think I know better, but maybe I'm just a naive idiot. When it, when it comes to this. But Felix, I I'm actually want... flattered at how highly you think of us. Thank you. And me in particular. Thank you. <laughs> I, I think y'all are awesome. Really? Because <laughs> you haven't queued uh, League. That's good. With us. Or me, yeah. I mean, yeah. So we'll see. We'll see if you can change my mind. But Felix, I think what you said about, you know, it, it takes like a lot of people like foot soldiers on the front line. And I think that's actually like, it, it takes a great person to inspire good beautifully said and i think that actually segues into like so this the whole reason we put on the stream is because we're trying to appreciate our communities and our mods this week and i think when it comes to people who are great who inspire good and are front foot soldiers on the front lines of dealing with toxicity it's the mods at the end of the day like we talk about our communities and stuff coming from the content creators but for all of the inspiration that you guys offer it's the mods that are actually reading the comments it's the mods that are actually banning the toxicity. It's the mods that are dealing with all the frustration and hate. And they're like, what's the matter? Can't take a joke. It's the mods who actually make Twitch and our communities run. And, and I think it's awesome. And if you think about like, what's the difference between League of Legends and the communities that we build, it's the presence and absence of mods. Mm. Right? Because Twitch, Riot, whatever. Like, I don't know how similar or different they are. But if you think about what makes our communities what they are, I, I genuinely think you look at your Reddits. You look at your subreddits, you look at your Discords, you look at your, your Twitch. It's the mods. And so, like, props to them, because I think they're the very definition of what Felix is describing, which is, like, great, inspiring, good, and on the front lines that are... I mean, even when you kind of... When Destiny's talking about the response video, that they go out and then fight the battle for you. I know that, especially recently, I felt very alone as a streamer, and I think, like, the internet came out to support me and had my back and it felt amazing. And, and like, I think it, we really don't, I mean, they're really the unsung heroes in my mind because they're the ones that build the communities that we participate in. Mm -hmm. So props to them. Right. Um, do you guys want to meditate? Cause sometimes we do that at the end of stream. Have you yeah, group, it? group thing. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think let's do it. So normally, okay. Oh, we're going to do a fun one. <laughs> okay. We're going to do fun meditation. I was going to say we should do ohm chanting because that's usually what I teach people in person, but uh, the ohm doesn't come through very well on, on uh, Discord's voice activation algorithm. If you just emit a constant sound, it drops off. So I'm going to, we're going to try to do a fun um, meditation, which could be really challenging and is maybe really easy. It's going to be a little bit different. Okay. The downside is that people at home are going to have a lot of trouble participating. So, y'all game to try something a little bit different? It's almost yeah. like a game. Okay. Let's do it. So, so what we're going to do is we're all going to close our eyes and we're going to try to count to 20 
as a group. Oh, it's like an improv thing. But yeah, go ahead, Felix. Uh, how do we sit? Uh, we sit up straight. Do you need help? Kay. Do you need a refresher on how to sit? I can teach you because you're fucking no, tall. No, I was Felix. wondering if you, if you wanted to go like a like like sideways or like a, that's okay. No, so sit. so I'll, yeah. So if you guys, you should sit with your back straight. And if you guys don't know how to sit with your back straight, that is a very very simple principle, which is that your knees should be lower than your hips. If your knees are lower than your hips, so I'll demonstrate. Or I'll try to. I'm going to take this. Okay, so I'll just demonstrate very quickly. Okay, so when I sit cross-legged, I'm going to slouch. Does that make sense? Yeah. So if you guys look at like meditative postures, right? So and you have Ardha Padmasana, which is like this, and then it's easier to sit up straight. And then you have well, this is going to be true. And then you have Padmasana, right? And so you guys notice how my knees are going down with each one, and it's easier. Yeah. You guys don't you don't need to sit like this. But now what I'm going to show you guys, so if I'm sitting in my chair like this, I'm going to slouch, okay? And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to, if I sit forward and then I keep my feet out in front of me, so Felix, you may want to try this unless you're, is your, your back looks curved. It is definitely curved. So sit for, so sit at the edge of your chair. Are you sitting cross-legged? No, I'm, I'm straight-legged. Okay. And then put your feet out in front of you. And then what happens to your back? Uh, is, it, is it straight? I don't know. You tell me. It looks straight. Okay, good. So if that's comfortable, you can sit like that. Okay? So then what okay. we're going to do... So we're going to count to 20, but we're going to do it with our eyes closed. And there's going to be like a particular rule, okay? Which is that no discussion about who... So we're going to count to 20 as a group. So we want to hear one number at a time. And if two people speak at the same time, we start over from the beginning. <laughs> Does that make sense? So eyes closed. And I'm not going to participate, okay? And let's begin. One. One. Two. Three. Four. Five. Six. Wait, where's Anita? Gotta start over. No, no talking. I, 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 I can't, yeah, I can't, I can't, you don't want me to unmute myself during this. That would be a bad you, idea. Okay, so if you, if Tourette's Anita, we won't count. But Anita, you should participate too. I think so too. Okay, we're starting over. So if anyone talks or opens eyes, we start over. Okay, but so Anita's Tourette's doesn't. Out? No, or Anita, your Tourette's doesn't count. So we'll ignore that. I thought we had to all sing at once. Like, no. Nope. No, 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 no. Just one person at a time. And if two people speak at the same time, you have to start over. Okay. But, fuck off. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. No. Okay, eyes closed. One. Two. Three. Four. Five. Six. Seven. Eight. eight. Nine. I, I think I need a... You said eight, right? Okay, so start over. Eyes closed. Good job. One. Two. Three. Four. Four. 
Start over. One. One. Oh. <laughs> One. Two. Three. Four. Five. Six. Seven. Eight. Reset. Okay, reset. One. Two. Three. Four. Five. Six. Seven. Seven. Okay, Devin. <laughs> no strategizing. No strategizing. Y'all get there. We're going to go to 10. Okay? Don't worry about 20. One. Let's get to 10. Okay. One. Two. Three. Four. Five. Six. Seven. Eight. Nine. Ten. <laughs> so close. Almost there. I think it counts. I think it counts. I said it. For, okay. Nope. This is going to take longer than the actual talk. One. You can't keep saying the same number over and over again. No, no, no. Saying two and five. It, it's it, literally no strategizing. You guys are almost okay, there. Fine. So what I want you to do. So guys, the goal of this practice is to feel each other, right? So I want you to pay attention. So let's pause for a second. I want you to pay attention to what's happening in your mind when you do the practice. You're fully wow. tuned in to the people that you're with. You're listening. You're paying attention. Should I speak? Should I not speak? You're certainly not thinking about toxicity. You're certainly not thinking about hate. You're not thinking about your communities. You're not thinking about what you had for, for dinner. That's why it's a good meditative practice. It's not about succeeding or failing. It's about bringing your mind to the present. So let's try one more time. One. Or again. One. Two. Three. Four. Five. Six. Six. One. Two. Three. Four. Five. Six. Seven. Seven. Reset. One. Two. Three. Four. Six. Seven. Seven. Reset. One. <laughs> Two. Three. Breakfast. Four. Five. Six. Seven. Eight. Nine. Ten. Kevin! <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Y'all cheated a little bit, but that's okay. We'll let it slide. Did we cheat? That's yeah. That's that's you guys started developing a pattern, but that's okay. Yeah, Wait, are we not allowed to do that? You're not supposed Devin to. Is, Devin is chickening me, dude. He's <laughs> chickening me. You're always Devin. So that was what? What was that? Was that okay for you guys? What was that like? I like that. I thought it was really fun. Yeah, and and so I th I think this is actually it's my favorite introduction meditation to do when I'm working with a group of people. Because it brings you to the present, you're actually focused, you're, you know, you're paying attention, you're trying to like feel the other person, right? And actually what you don't want to do is your mind to do a logical thing, which you guys ended up doing anyway, ends up happening, which is okay. But you guys developed a pattern. It was fantastic. I think y'all... You know, I feel... I, my, okay, here, here's my read. Here's my read. <laughs> Lily tries to fix the problems. Devin waits, somebody does something. Destiny tries to go up, uh, be before the curve, and I try to moderate the whole thing. 
And, and <laughs> that's gonna, that was my, yeah. Yeah, right? It's cool, like, how you get to feel another person's, like, effort and involvement. It's actually a really <laughs> fantastic exercise to try to develop the empathic part of your brain. Because you're like, okay, what is destiny trying to do? Because you can see so much effort being exer exerted by lots of different people without any words or discussion. And once you start to understand what other people are doing without any communication, it really helps you like communicate and understand other people. It's a fantastic empathy building exercise. It literally trains the part of your brain that allows you to connect with and interpret what another human being is try trying to do. Because you it's take words creative. out of it. So... Listen, guys, thank you all very much. I think um, we're going to probably try to do this with our mods and we'll try to get them to 10 or maybe 20 if you want to go hard mode. Um, and thank you guys so much for everything that you do for Twitch. Do you guys want to just for people who came in late, do you all want to just introduce who you, who you are and, and where people can kind of check you out? Before we say goodbye. No. Say goodbye. I say goodbye. Okay. Okay. Actually, just kidding. This was, SQC doesn't have to shut himself out. SQC, <laughs> the, uh, this was Swidanita, Lily Pichu, Devin Nash, and Destiny. And the main channel was HealthyGamer underscore G. Thanks for watching. We love you guys. And we'll see you in the next one. Beautiful, guys. Outro. Thank you. Excellent outro. Th take care, guys. Thank you very much. Goodbye. That's a good meditation. I haven't been able to teach that for a long time. If you look around, there are so many ways to make a difference. At Capella University, our FlexPath format gives you a different way to earn your degree. Take courses at your speed. Move on whenever you're ready. Education should fit your life. Learn more at capella.edu.